This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Jennifer, Joey, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. If you want to hang out with us, please do so in our Facebook group and Discord servers where we hang out daily. All right, make me laugh, clown. I don't know, I feel like I did a lot of that earlier. No, because you were being just straight up mean. Yeah. You told me to eat three wings and fuck myself with the bones before we started recording. <laughs> oh, pardon us for using your recommended serving size. <laughs> I think we said it because you said that the Prometheus movies were good. I haven't seen them. I will personally ban everyone from the Facebook group who posts that they like Prometheus. You're about to get everyone banned from the Facebook group because it's going to get shut down because you're threatening to like kidnap Jennifer Lawrence and getting <laughs> everyone put in Facebook jail. I told Facebook that in context, it's not bad. But they disagreed. They strongly disagreed with that stance. Yeah. Please stop threatening to kidnap blonde actresses. All right. Brunettes only. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, as we continue Black Women of Horror Month, we watched Ma. Now, had you guys seen this movie before? I had not. I hadn't either, Mikey. What'd you think? First time seeing it. Ooh, really creepy. Uh, Really creepy, like suspense, like kind of reminded me of like single white female or that that kind of that kind of movie or like fatal attraction but with a creepier element of being high school children with an adult woman was just very unnerving the whole time yeah very good though yeah Paige, what did you think about it the first time you saw it so i i felt the same way first time i saw it where i think it does a good job of laying the groundwork of being suspenseful and creepy before you fully know her motivations for it and the more that you learn the motivations it heightens and makes it scary, yes. which I think is really, really great. I would say it's scarier on a second watch. Oh, really? Believe it or not, because this is my second time. And once you know what's going to happen, you notice a lot of other stuff. And it's like heightens the dread because you're like, oh, no, don't go. Like, don't go in the basement. Don't Just don't yeah. go. I, for some reason, I had remembered more kids dying in this movie, and then that doesn't really happen. But like, yeah, that's actually the opposite. Yeah, I, I don't think any kids die. Yeah, I mean, she does kill the people that were in her class, right? But I don't think she kills any of the kids that are in the basement partying with her. I mean, she tries. But yeah, yeah. This is the first time I saw it, and I, man, Octavia Spencer is amazing. I've seen her do yeah. like drama and comedy, and she's great at those. Man, she was so good at being this like she's fucking terrifying, yes. man. And I thought they did uh, a great job layering how the different layers of villainy that she and I, I like <laughs> Octavia. Yeah. I, I love her in everything, but like this was an interesting take because like the Munchausen by proxy, yes, Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah. No, yeah. I, like, I think he's right. I think it's Munchausen. That- I think it's like a monastery. That's where the monks live. <laughs> Munchausen. Yeah, I have a cold. <laughs> and you've only ever read that word no i have definitely <laughs> said that word <laughs> but i mean like that's just like a small subplot and yeah it, it by itself would be a terrifying movie yes. a munchausen by proxy thing is terrifying for me yeah I, I think what's most terrifying for me about this movie is someone with 
terrifying motives that you don't know about. Yeah. Someone who means you harm and you have no idea. Yeah. Because you've done nothing to necessarily garner it. Now, I will say this is also a, an example of hurt people hurt people because like she was raped yeah. in high school. And so that has definitely informed this rage, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying anything she does is justified, but yeah, some right. bad shit happens to her when she was in high school. Yeah. Which I like. I like that they sort of delve into the villain's motivation almost for doing what she's doing. Not that it makes you sympathetic mm -hmm. to her, but I like that it sort of explains it. Right. Right. I thought that that was cool. I also like really hated this movie because it was like tense and there was one jump scare that really got me. But also there are so many times. Was it her hand on the window of the van? No, it was the uh, girl uh, walking in the room while they were looking for their earrings and ring. Oh, you can actually see her in the background when they're walking uh, into the room. Oh, man, it terrified yeah. me. Anyway, I was so mad at this movie because there are so many red flags early on that she is not a good person. And they still keep going into that basement. I was like, stop. Because. And I think this movie does a really great job of making you feel power dynamics of like adults versus children in a way yes. that is hard to illustrate in film. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're like, well, she's a grown up. Why would she mean us harm? Right. Yes. And, and so they ignore a lot of things that they shouldn't. They ignore too much. I mean, I, I agree with you, Todd. But it was like, but the first but the first few times they're like, oh, she's sending a lot of texts. That's weird. Who gave her the number? Oh, that's fine. It's just a weird adult. But we still want to use her house. And I'm like, y'all need to critically think, which, which is something that younger people. Yeah. Don't always do. No, because their brains don't develop to like 25. Yeah. In my case, 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you started dating, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it, it's really telling when, because they don't see any red flags, but the second they tell any adult, the adults are immediately like, what the fuck? Like, this is bad news. Like, when Juliette Lewis finds out, she goes fucking nuclear. Yeah. It's that, you know, she is preying on kids that are just slightly too young to realize a, how dangerous she could be, and B, how dangerous a person who would interact with children in that way inherently is. But that's crazy to me because literally the first time they're in her basement, she pulls a gun on one of them and makes them strip. Like, they should know how dangerous she is. Yeah. yeah. That scene was bonk. Th that came yeah. a little too soon, I think. The fact that they ever talk to her again after that blew my mind. I, I mean, and this is just me being chicken shit. I would have been out the second she we drove too long from the liquor store. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. I would have been safe from this film because I would have been like, nah, it's not worth it. Okay, here's what bothers me about this film. Okay. It's a small town, right? Yeah, pretty small. Yes, and it's a I know where it is too. But like all the adults are like, Oh, I haven't seen you in fifteen years. I'm like, eh, it's the same town. Like you're still in the same town. Well, okay, here's what's up. She and her mom have just moved, so they have not seen anyone in fifteen years. I think the whole I have not seen Sue Ann in fifteen years is because she's invisible. They have seen her and they don't fucking care. They don't fucking notice. Gotcha. They barely noticed her in high school. And I think the only reason he notices and is like, oh, I haven't seen you in like 15 years is because he's trying to confront her about the tracking sensor on his son's truck. Yes, I agree completely. Do you have some fun facts about dog's blood? No. <laughs> and if that will kill you if you transfuse it into a human? But I mean, she also slices his wrist, which would also kill you, right? So like- I Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's how he dies. I'm here to tell you that infusing a dog's blood into your blood 
would also probably kill you. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and in part, that's probably why she slashes his wrist as well. She probably knows this. Um, but having another animal's blood in our body causes our body to reject the blood. So we would bleed out faster. Oh, wow. Okay. So she's just like smart about it. She's smart about it. There's a chemical mechanism that uh, our cells use to identify themselves to white blood cells that prevent white blood cells from attacking them as a foreign body. Oh, okay. So it would kill you. Oh, wow. Even if she didn't slice his wrist, but I think she just did it fast. That's crazy. Yeah. Here's what bothered me the most about this movie, Mikey. She goes full on truck executioner with somebody and I was like, oh, this is too soon for me. Mm. <laughs> she runs down Mercedes. She does and t- takes her from like, a three series to an 86 series. <laughs> yeah, Missy Pyle gets like low-key one line in this movie and then gets equalized by a truck. Yeah. Well, trucks are the great equalizer. I will say that's one of the most brutal truck deaths we've seen in a long time. Not Todd. No, I mean, it's one of the most brutal truck deaths I've seen in about 20 years. <laughs> we've got to do maximum overdrive. God damn it. I would say the only truck death I've seen that's kind of close to that recently was when they run over people on righteous gemstones, but they do it in reverse. Yeah, yeah. That's that pretty brutal. amazing, hilarious, so, and brutal. But I mean, in this movie, it's not played for funny like it is in no. righteous gemstones. And, and you see her get hit, and then you see her kicked under the wheels, and you're just like, fuck. It's real brutal. Yeah. It's real bad. So, okay, what happens to Allison Janey's character? She gets murdered and thrown in a dog kennel, bro. That's right. Which made me sad. I love Allison Janney. And I it, love Allison Janney. They underutilized her. I know. I feel the same way. But she's just straight up mean in this movie. Yeah. So a bunch of the people that worked on the help, both on the script and production and camera side, also did this movie. Really? So that's how they're able to get like Allison Janney and Octavia Spencer and a bunch of other people. It is a very similar movie. So that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's how you get the cast that you get in this movie that did not cost a lot of money but has a great cast in it yeah we'll talk about that i do have the budget it felt more realistic like i saw the new scream recently i thought was really really good and that's also about like a killer hunting high schoolers or whatever or you know right but this felt more like high schoolers being targeted and like in a, in a more like realistic creepy way i guess i, I don't they felt more like high schoolers than yeah. you know people pretending to be high schoolers and i say that as someone who read through one of the character on euphoria's skin regiment from an episode and was like oh anti-aging cream yeah i need that like it's <laughs> nothing a 15 year old would need it's it's all shit that i'm like no, no, no. That's for us 30-year-old hoes. Give me that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. But th- that, that element was creepy. Like, if it, if they took the style of this, it was like a stri- if they, like, combined the style of this with, like, a scream, like, a straight-up, like, I'm going to hunt high schoolers and murder them. I don't know. Like, like a slasher. Like a slasher, but, like, more like a serial killer slasher, if that makes sense. Like, the creepiness of this... Plus a slasher, I think, would work really well. I do sort of think this plays on some slasher tropes because she yeah. does collect all of the, the high school kids. She just doesn't kill them. And she even puts them like together in like a, quote, the bad place that is then revealed through our main character girl, right? It just uh-huh. so happens right. that none of those kids die. Just some of the parents die. Well, and, and in reality... There is a slasher version of this movie. It's Friday the 13th part one. She's Mrs. Voorhees. Well, I mean like a good one. No, but I mean like just in the, in the sense of <laughs> like. That's a hot take, like, Mikey, that the first uh, Friday the 13th is not good. It's a fucking classic. It's a classic. I'm just saying like, you know, they've gotten better is what you're saying. 
yes. Yeah. Think of it this way. She is someone who has had something terrible happen to her. And that's what she's taking out on these kids. Oh, yeah. So, like, it is very much that mechanism, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, maybe we should get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. So, we open on a car traveling through the woods. And it's basically a hatchback with a small U-Haul trailer. Mm-hmm. We cut into the car where we reveal that Juliet Lewis and her daughter are moving to a small town with their dog. They arrive at a house that's for rent and they start to unpack. We cut to the next day, which is the first day of school. And we reveal that Juliet Lewis is going to go work at the casino. That's her new job. And her daughter Maggie is going to go to school for her first day at a new school. Is this like close to Atlantic City? Like I, I wondered where there were casinos. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. It's just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's North Ohio, which apparently there are a ton of casinos and they filmed sections of it there. Oh, cool. So like Native American casinos, I assume? I believe so. Yeah, okay. I'm not 100% though because each state has different laws on gambling. So it's That's possible true. that- It should just be legalized nationwide. Like I don't understand why gambling is illegal. I should be able to play craps anywhere yeah. I want. Yeah, agreed. I hate anyway. having to play them against the back of Mikey's house in the alley. <laughs> Wait, I don't think you know what playing craps means. Isn't it a dice game? It's a dice game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know what craps means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, but you were like behind Mikey's house, and I was like, is that where you drop the wings after you're done digesting them? Like, I don't. No, I don't shit in Mikey's alley, no. Missing out. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I knew. I knew it. I fly all the way there just to take dumps. Uh, <laughs> Paige has a very expensive bathroom regimen. I'm like, whoever yeah. did this, they eat a lot of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I keep finding these blocks of cheese in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> but they're brown? Yeah, there's only two animals that can, you know, poop square. It's wombats and me. <laughs> blocks of cheese. Why do you know that wombats poop square? Why do you not know that wombats poop square? That's the most interesting thing about an animal ever. That is true. And Huey Lewis did write a song about it. It's hip to poop square. Bump, bump, <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Pooey Lewis. <laughs> this is the highbrow humor you can expect on this podcast. The highest of brows. Pooey Lewis and the Pews. And the PUs. PUs, yeah. Anyway, we cut to Maggie's first day at school. Uh, she has trouble finding her class. And on the way to her first class, she meets a girl in a wheelchair. We'll find out her name is Jeannie. And it's an electric wheelchair. And she says that she's not fully charged. She's trying to get up a ramp. Yeah. So she pushes her up the ramp. I did think it was funny. And I've done this a thousand times. But when Jeannie's going one way to her class and Maggie's going the other way to look for her class, because I don't think she still knows where she's going quite yet. But Jeannie says, thanks for the help. And she's like, yeah, you too. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it. she's like, wait, that doesn't make so any sense. Funny. I've done that so many times when like a waiter brings you your food and they're like, hey, enjoy your food. And I'm like, yeah, you too. Fuck. Yeah. So we cut over to the casino where Erica, who's Juliet Lewis, her mom, uh, is meeting her new boss, Stu, who I got the impression that potentially she and Stu knew each other from high school. At least on a second watch, I got that impression. Regardless, he's her boss and kind of her only friend. I mean, it does seem like Stu and her have an immediate sort of chemistry. Not romantic, because Stu is obviously gay. Yeah, but like very, very uh, friendly chemistry, right? Right. And and that may just be because Stu is super friendly, you know? He might be that way with everybody, but I liked him. That relationship reminded me of my relationship with one of my best friends, Alan, who is an older, grumpy gay. And I'm like, (laughs) this is why we're friends. 
and just the reaction that Stu has through most of the movie, that's kind of the vibe I got that yeah. they are besties till the end. Yeah. The guy who played Stu was that, oh, hey, it's that guy, guy, because I've yeah. seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I don't know his name, but he's great. Absolutely. So she is about to start her first day on the floor of the casino as a cocktail waitress. And she just goes, Beats having a desk job. And I'm here to tell you, it does not. No. <laughs> it does not. Desk jobs are way better. <laughs> it's so much better. As someone who has done both like retail on your feet all day, customer service versus a desk job, take the desk job every time. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. I think my one of my favorite jobs. I don't mean to derail the podcast. Yeah, I mean, this would be the first time you've ever derailed it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, this is the first time I've apologized first. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and listen, I do think growth is possible, Mikey. But like, you know, like I'd work at a psychiatric hospital while I was in school, but in the summers I'd move home and I'd work at the Memphis airport. But I would work for a large company that moves packages and I would just unload packages and put them on different conveyor belts mm-hmm. with like big headphones on and uh, that job I kind of miss sometimes because like unlike customer service or like because I've worked, I worked retail because you didn't have to talk to people you don't talk to anyone and I, I liked it was like a zen kind of thing I'm like okay it goes you just oh yeah it's almost like you're doing a repetitive simple task that can be sort of cathartic on some level I agree with that yeah yeah you just listen to music and like yeah you just get into drone out i would listen to a podcast and do that yeah mm-hmm. i i used to blow through huge sections of last podcast on the left's back catalog when i would do inventory yeah because inventory was very much like that when i first started doing real estate photography way way back in the day i would hope for no one being at the house that i would have to talk to because then i could listen to it and yeah it was, it was last podcast on the left and there were some mm-hmm. episodes when i was by myself that were like sort of scary intense and i would have to turn them off because i would be very scared in a house that i don't know alone the first time i listened to their episodes on children of god oh yeah and it that's a brutally sad podcast yeah those episodes specifically yeah by the end of it i was just like oof i'm a goof i need to go to bed yeah <laughs> like and a shower and go to bed yeah derailing complete <laughs> let's re-rail and get back on topic asmr for the freaks <laughs> so we cut to lunchtime at maggie's first day of school and she opens up her lunch and her mom has left a note that says love your butt hugs and Haley, one of the popular girls at school comes up and is like you do have a nice butt yeah i'm not gay but i noticed <laughs> Which is a real weird opener. (laughs) Especially for someone who like becomes probably her best friend. Like that is a weird opening line. But I was here for it and she didn't seem to mind. Yeah. Haley is, I would say in this movie, Haley is chaos. Yeah. So Haley comes in with like strong, I like your butt energy. Yeah. And does kiss her later when she's on Molly. All I'm saying is that I'm not sure Haley is not into women and that's fine. I'm going to also say that Molly makes people do a ton of shit that people is will true. kiss anybody on molly i've tried to kiss mikey while not on molly so, i've kissed friends for jokes on not molly so like yeah, you know i do want to be clear that my kissing of mikey would have been a joke sure 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 mine was officially like on stage as a joke but yeah sure 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 mine is just because mikey's incredibly handsome as a joke wait my handsomeness is a joke no, I think there are a lot of women in the Facebook group that can attest to the fact that you're not <laughs> handsome as a joke. You're just straight up handsome. You're a soft 10. I've said it many times. Soft 10. Speaking of soft 10s, were you all really surprised about the penis in this movie? Yes, Mikey. I did not <laughs> expect to see Octavia Spencer grab a full on dong in this movie. And then that part made me squirm so much, too, because she's like about to cut it off. And I'm like, mm 
bitch, no. And then she doesn't. No, she just kills them, which is worse, arguably. Yeah, she lets it hang dangle. <laughs> I would have rewrote the scene more terrifying. I would have had the dog blood go in and only cut him on his penis. I mean, he would have bled out a lot faster. But like, it would have been scarier. I mean, I'm equally as scared either way. <laughs> I don't give a shit about a stranger's dick. No, I think, Mikey, that would have been more scary for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll take a vote. That sounds more scary for me. Todd, what do you think? Uh, more scary for me as well, dog. And I'm going to vote chop all the dicks. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Chaos reigns. Chop dicks. Chop dicks. And next. Anyway, so we do find out from the scene that she's transferring in February. So something happened. Like, we don't fully ever get the story. We know that her mom and, and dad broke up, but we don't have any other info. I assume that they recently broke up and he was maybe abusive yeah. or just a terrible guy. So she left California sort of in a hurry. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into that because I left California in a hurry because my girlfriend <laughs> cheated on me. So who knows? I mean, that that's kind of how I read it. Too, yeah. Is that something happened and Maggie doesn't seem to miss her dad or be no. upset about it. Which made me think that perhaps it was a bad situation. I think he murdered seven people and went to jail. Here comes Mikey with his, his custom written backstory. Yeah. He was a serial Head killer and was cannon. caught, caught but, <laughs> and executed. Not in California he was. He would have had to have been caught in a different state. I don't know if you know, we take forever to kill people here. If we ever do. <laughs> anyway. So she has Haley's number. Haley invites her to a party that night and kind of that weekend. And she's like, I can't. I'm going to a thing with my mom. And she's like, OK, nerd, and leaves her alone. Haley grabs her phone and puts her number in her phone. And she yeah. doesn't even know Haley's name until she reads it off of her phone because it's got still it got her number up on it. She's like, oh, and you're Haley. Yeah. I thought that was like a very, very strong like, hey, we're going to be friends immediately kind of a thing. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's how I make really good friends. It's just like you, you're cool. And like then you've got friends. Yeah. Immediately she has a group of friends that she like is ride or die with immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more die. Yeah, than a lot more die uh, in this movie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, we cut back to the house after school and her mom is kind of wandering around, grabbing her stuff, getting ready because her mom is going to cover a shift instead of going to the music festival because she's new. Low men on the totem pole. Fucking been there. Oh, you're going to go to a music festival with your mom, you fucking loser. Like, I was like, what? what, what? I was like, what? Yeah, of course you were offended by that, Mikey. You take your mom on dates. You are going to buy her that shirt that says dump it all in me. <laughs> Mikey is looking into the sky very angrily right now. You guys, you know, I'm trying to be nice in this podcast. <laughs> you can't let the real Mikey out. You see, as the oldest child, when you have a single parent, you actually have to check in on them. Unlike, you know, the youngest child who abdicates their responsibilities and streams video games all fucking day long or whatever. Does your brother do that? I'm talking about you, Todd. <laughs> I was living on my own at that point, and my mother had remarried. Yeah, you're living across the country. Who checked on her? You know, her Nobody. husband. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the stepdad yeah. with his dick. <laughs> well, my mom's <laughs> not. Ooh, remarried, I don't want to think so about that. I'm sorry that I hang out with my mom sometimes. I have a healthy relationship with my mom. Mikey, I think it's great that you hang out and love your mom. Your mom's awesome. She's fun to hang out with. So I get why you'd want to. It's funny to me that you call them dates. That's the joke to me. Yes. When we go to lunch, it's like a lunch date. I want you to understand that it's not. <laughs> when we go to lunch, <laughs> we go to lunch. That's all, that's all you have to call it. 
Yeah, I'm going to lunch with my mom. That's all you have to say. Yeah. The date part confuses people is all I'm saying. Yeah, because it's like, are you going to use the third base or what? Is third base dessert? I don't, I don't understand what third base is when you're at lunch with your mother. No, third base with a mom is her licking a tissue and wiping something off your face. <laughs> so now she's basically left to her own devices because her mom is going to go work instead of going to the music festival because when you're new, you ain't got no choice. Yeah, and I got the impression that her mom was told she was working, not that she volunteered necessarily. Yeah, she was voluntold. Because she seems like a pretty decent mom and the only reason i say decent is because she has to work so much and she's gone so much i don't think she would choose that yeah i don't think she would choose yeah. that yeah so we cut to later in the day maggie's eating multiple slices of pizza she texts Haley. uh we hear the horn honking outside as Haley and the van pulls up so she meets Darrell, andy and chaz Andy's the one driving the van. It's his dad's security van. Chaz is his friend. And then Darrell is their one black friend, which will be commented on later in the film, which I thought was really interesting. Me too. So she gets into the van and they say the party's canceled. So we're just going to drive around to get drunk. And I was like, real safe, guys. I know, right? Teenagers. Although the guy who's driving the car doesn't drink. That's um, Andy is the guy who does not drink. Mm-hmm. Which would be me Like I can't tell you How many times I've done Something like this Because I don't drink alcohol Like a lot of my friends Would be like Hey let's call Todd And then have him go out with us So he can drive I've never done that lately I mean like This is more like High school college time for me Oh You wanna you like wanna hang out While I go out This weekend <laughs> I honestly would say No to that now in my life But because all my friends were, We were in high school and college All they wanted to do Was drink and smoke weed So like I was Keeping them safe But like my deal was I'll do it, but I get to drive your car because I had a really shitty 86 Bonneville. Like, so like I was like, I'll drive your car. And then, yes, one of my one of my best friends was largely our DD in college. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and we did give her options to like switch out if she wanted to. And she was like, nah. So hey. yeah, make friends with someone who is either in AA or has never drank because they will definitely come get you or drive you around when you're drunk. I will say I am this person now as an adult where I would rather drive you and be safe and make sure you're safe than like you get in an accident or whatever. But then the longer I go, the older I get, the more of my friends end up either sober or just like toning down their drinking anyway. And now we're like, hey, what if we just didn't drink but went to a diner at two in the morning anyway? (laughs) Yeah, I've done that a bunch sober. Yeah. It's fun. Love it. Yeah, go to a Waffle House after a late movie night. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's exactly as fun as it is when you were drunk. Except you remember it. Yeah, except you remember it. And you remember that Waffle House is surprisingly decent burgers. God, Waffle House is actually way better than people gave it credit for. And I'm just here to say that. Bro. Yeah. We don't have them here, so I only get to eat at Waffle House when I go on tour to the Midwest. Oh, man. I, I like the hash browns. All the way. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, same. I love me some Cracker Barrel, uh, but not the racist ones. So you like Tim Hortons is what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, no. Cracker Barrel as an organization has won diversity awards and shit. Like as a, as a company, they're not terrible, but local crackle, Cracker Barrels may differ depending on which ones you go to. They're headquartered in Nashville. I know those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. Um, I dated one. Oh, no. Mikey. Did you crack her barrel? <laughs> That's inappropriate. Oh, is it, Mikey? That's inappropriate. We also don't have Tim Hortons. So, like, but you have In N Out, which is like, we do have In N Out. Because, like, when I'm driving home from work, like, if I work later, there's like a big call out or something, and I'm like, oh, it's 10 30. I'm headed home. I don't have time to cook. I guess I'll stop at Wendy's or McDonald's. And then I think about, like, some people just can go to In N Out. 
Anytime yeah. they're running late, yep. to get yeah. that food to take home to eat. And that's yep. like a way better fast food option for me. Although you wouldn't go to In-N-Out when you're running late because it'll take you 45 minutes it'll take to you like an hour. Through. But yeah, I mean, I understand <laughs> oh. what you're saying and you're not wrong, but is it that busy on all of them? Like all the time? Yeah. Yeah. You start to learn which In-N-Outs are the busiest near you. Uh-huh. But most of them are, you never don't wait in line at In-N-Out. Todd, tell us, uh, out of all these fast food chains, which child's meal do you get? <laughs> In-N-Out doesn't even really have child's meals. And honestly, I'll eat all the In-N-Out. I love In-N-Out. I'll, I'll get an In-N-Out burger, animal style fries, and a chocolate shake, and I'll down all of that shit. There's a place uh, down the street from our apartment that has been on diners, drive-ins, and dives that does animal style fries, but they do them like legit, like an actual restaurant would, Ooh. but it's the same like ingredients. It's Ooh. real fucking good. I'm not afraid to say that I live near Oinkster because thousands of people live near Oinkster. <laughs> What's oyster? It's the restaurant she was just talking about that does real oh. animal style. Welcome to the conversation. She didn't say the name of it. She did. Yes, I did. I listen for a living. I can't. You can't expect me <laughs> to do it all the time. I'm sitting here making eye contact, and words are just going by me. I know, and I don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not hearing things. I don't know why we've been recording for an hour and we're one scene into this film, and we talked for an hour before we started recording. It's because I'm lonely. We love each other. I know we're all like really good <laughs> yeah. friends, and we like legit miss each other. Yeah, even though this is our fourth episode recording this week, and we're. We're still just like chit chatting about shit. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that happens on a day to day basis in the world. There is. I need to process with you two. I know we're we're stressing Todd out. He's gonna have like two whole pieces of broccoli when he's done with this recording. <laughs> okay, so she gets in the back of the van. They're giving her shit about like, oh, do you not vape? Like, are you not cool? Yeah, they're like testing boundaries with their new yeah. quote unquote friend, right? Do you drink? And and I don't mean that like in a bad way. I mean like, do you drink? Is it cool if we drink? Do you smoke? Is it cool if we smoke? Like that we sort smoke. of stuff. Yeah. I don't feel like they're being dicks and like pressuring her. I feel like they're just trying to make sure it's cool, you know? Right. And and she does not say no. I feel like at no point in this movie does she seem like she's being pressured until we get to Ma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ma pressures her to do some right. things. I don't think her friends necessarily do. There is one time where she's like trying to smoke and then she's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. <laughs> like, I feel like she's like, oh, I'm not I'm, I'm going to stop doing this. But like, especially with the drinking and stuff, I think she's into it. I think she's fine with it. Yeah. But they need to get booze first. So they go to the liquor store and Darrell tries first to get someone to buy them booze. He can't get anybody. So they put Maggie out there because they're like, oh, they won't recognize her. Yeah, because she's new. And this is the one thing where they're kind of like pushing her to do it. But she does agree to do it. Yeah. And my favorite is they tell Maggie, if the cops come, just say it was an accident and they'll let you off and just cry and they'll let you off. Right. And Haley's like, they never let me off. And Darrell just goes, they know you nasty. <laughs> and I love it. That made me a little uncomfortable because I was like, well, what is she doing that the cops know she's nasty? I think he was giving her shit. It just yeah, yeah, made yeah. me laugh, though. Anyway, so she tries to get a couple different people to buy them booze. No one will. And then along comes Sue Ann, which is Octavia Spencer's character. Yeah. And she walks by with a three-legged dog, which does belong to somebody on the production staff, which I thought was very cool. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love tri-dogs. They're the best. <laughs> tripod dogs are real fun. Tri-dogs and tri-cats are pretty cool. I don't, I don't know why. I actually saw a tripod cat who like just walked around like a person. Like He used his back legs to walk. Oh, weird. And I was like, I love everything about this, but it is freaky looking. Like, it's not, because it's so uncommon to see, you're like, oh, <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're a tripod, Mikey. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> One of my friends from high school who's in the Facebook group uh, has a tripod dog named Moose. Oh, Moose. And it's a very, very sweet oh, Italian greyhound. I love looking it. Looking weird, tongue hangy, very oh, cute dog. I love it. Anyway, so Octavia Spencer at first is like, no, I don't want to go to jail. And then she looks at who else is in the van and the name on the van. Now, it's only yeah. because I've seen this a second time that I realize that she's noticing the name on the van. That's what makes her stop. I picked up on that, too, because they actually show it, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, she recognizes either the kid driving, who's the son of the guy who owns the name on right. the van, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I figured it was one of those two things. Yeah. And she kind of asks them what they're going to be doing. Uh, and they said they're going out to the rock piles. And she's like, oh, I used to hang out there all the time when I was a kid. Hold this dog. I'll go buy stuff for you. So she goes in. She buys booze for them. She brings it back out. And she's like, hey, this never happened. And he, he, they're like, well, thank you. And she's like, for doing what? Wink and yeah. walks away. Wink and And as mm-hmm. they're driving, she slaps the window of the van and is like, your change. I'm not some kind of thug. Like, take your change. Yeah. And they're like, okay. That did sort of scare me. That slap was out of nowhere. It wasn't the biggest jump scare yeah. for me, but that did scare me a little bit. Yep. I like a good slap out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> On your face? I mean. Sure. <laughs> you ever slapped a bottle of vitamin water? <laughs> I wish I could in an audio format like show you how hard Mikey's hand hit his face. <laughs> <laughs> Rock hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mikey, all I want to know is what flavor it is. Like what flavor of vitamin water is it? Yeah, people asked me that, and I came up with guesses, but I don't really know. In my mind, it was the lemonade flavor, just because it's like it's like white and thick. Mm. It's gag flavored, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sue Ann goes back to her office, and we find out that she works at a vet, uh, and she's Facebook stalking all of them, but specifically Maggie, Andy, and Haley. Yeah. And she finds the number for Andy's dad's business. He owns like a security business. So they get to the rock pile. The teens get to the rock pile. Which is like not what I was expecting. It like wasn't like a natural formation. It was like broken down buildings. Yeah. It, it looks like there was like a factory or something that yeah. got demolished and then nothing happened Demolished to but not cleared. Yeah. I was like, uh, bro, rocks are not concrete. Like, yeah. I'm no geographer, but they did not look like rocks. Yeah. I'm no paleontologist, but they definitely don't look like rocks, right, Mikey? <laughs> That's like when my grandmother first got diagnosed with dementia, and my dad's like, yeah, it's been really hard because she can't really gauge the size of things or how far away they are. And I was like, not dimensions. <laughs> ah, no. Oh, God. Your father is a delight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a geologist. Yes, yes. it is. So they're drinking out of the rock pile with a little bonfire the way that teens do. Honestly, it looked like a fun time. Like I used to do stuff like this when I was a kid, except it was more like fields or woods. Ours is like beach bonfires. Well, and it yeah. wasn't like <laughs> drinking in high school, but we had like beach bonfires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you learn how to juggle a soccer ball and then get beat up by the oh. other karate crew in town. Yeah, and there's like a shirtless guy with a saxophone. That was actually filmed near, kind of near where I grew up. I've been to that beach a I'm number sure of times. I'm sure Karate Kid one was too. No, Karate Kid is Southern California, but uh, Lost Boys is Santa Cruz. Same thing with us. Yeah, okay. Us is filmed in the same place. Anyway... So Sue Ann 
dials the number for Andy's dad's business with the star six, seven. So it's like an anonymous call and his dad, Andy's dad is getting a blow job from Missy pile yeah. <laughs> at the time. And he answers and Sue Ann is like, hey, your kids are at the rock piles. Just want to let you know. And he's like, who is this? And before she can kind of continue, her boss, Allison Janney, comes through and is like, hey, have you like prepped all the animals? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like get off your personal phone. Like she's calling him from her cell phone. So Allison Janney right. knows she's not like working or something. Yeah, as far yeah. as I can tell, Sue Ann at work mostly just steals drugs and Facebook stocks people <laughs> because and yeah. occasionally takes dogs for walks because other than that, we don't see her doing much vet stuff. And Alice and Janney's character is always like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Alice and Janney treats her right, but I am saying I get it. <laughs> I, I'm saying Alice and Janney is maybe not the most respectful communicator. Right. But I am also going to say that maybe her suspicions that work is not getting done are not unfounded. Right. Looking And like we see her multiple times at work, like researching. Yeah. And like shooting videos and whatever. Literally Facebook stalking and Instagram stalking the kids, too. Yeah. So we cut to the rock pile and the cops show up so andy's dad called the cops okay so like let's pause yeah his dad narked on them oh yeah went up there to get his kid and yell at them he was like i want my kid to go to juvie yep and they get lucky that the cop the cops are kind of nice to them because the cops show up and the cop is like your dad told me you'd be here yeah and he told me to arrest you but i played football in college or in high school with your dad and he was a fucking dick so i'll be back in 10 minutes and all your shit better be gone yeah as long as you guys are gone you're fine i'm gonna come back in 10 minutes and he like literally just like starts to walk away which is the nicest thing a cop has ever done in his life i i mean to me it also just speaks to how much of a dick andy's dad must have been oh yeah and like we'll find out later But, like, clearly his dad was so terrible in high school that it has caused, like, a ripple effect through time for multiple people in this town. (laughs) It's wild. Yeah, Octavia Spencer is not the only person that hates him. No. Yeah. Yeah, not by a long shot. So Maggie comes home. She smells like pot. Juliette Lewis confronts her. And she's like, I was just friends with some kids at school. I'm trying to, you know, make friends and be cool. Why should I wait around while you're at work? That's not fair. Right. And Juliette Lewis is like, I'm glad you're fitting in. I just want you to make smarter decisions. And she's like, oh, like your decisions? And it's just like super mean. We cut to the next day where Juliette Lewis brings their dog into the vet. Now, this is why I think Sue Ann is invisible. And she's been there the whole time and people just didn't notice her, uh, just like they didn't in high school. Because Juliette Lewis goes to drop off the dog and Sue Ann calls her by her name and is like, hey, Erica, I'll finish this paperwork for you. Don't worry. Yeah. And then Alice and Janie yells at Sue Ann to answer the phone. And Juliette Lewis just goes, "Okay, great. Thanks. And walks away. She does not engage with her. She doesn't imply that she recognizes her at all. It's not good. Yeah. Then Alice and Janie is like, why aren't you answering the phone to Sue Ann? And Sue Ann is like. Sorry, I'm fighting a migraine. And Allison Janney just says, get some horse tranquilizer. I don't care. Just do your job, <laughs> which tells us that the medicine is not 
locked up. And it's up for grabs, apparently. It is up for grabs. I honestly just want to see like the true crime documentary about Allison Janney's character selling drugs in the neighborhood. Because yeah, like she's just like selling painkillers yeah, out the back door and absolutely, shit. Yeah. She is a veterinary pill mill. That's what she is. She's a very poor veterinarian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't know how good their veterinary work is, but we know that they're not regulating their drugs at all. Because that's literally how Sue Ann makes all of this possible. That's got to be expensive. And you know who eats that cost? The consumers. She'll charge more for your yearly shots because all the horse tranquilizers gone to their employee <laughs> staff. The, well, and what I think is really funny is she says horse tranquilizer. And they're clearly in a town that has farm animals because we see her with a goat later. But then they're always using diazepam, not ketamine. And so, yeah, I true. mean, diazepam will do the trick. But I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, so Juliet Lewis... Uh, we cut back home and Maggie's going out and Juliet Lewis is like, you're going to meet a boy. And she's like, we're just friends. And she's like, well, be smart and call me if you need me to come and get you in any circumstance. I won't be mad. I promise I'll be home watching John Hughes movies. So we cut to the kids are in the van and Ma is putting the booze, the box of booze that she normally gives them in her truck. And she's like, just follow me down the street. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want people to see me. Yeah. So they follow her, but they follow her for a really long time. Yeah, they follow her home. Yeah, back to her house. And they send Andy out to go talk to her. And he comes back and says like, yeah, she said that we could just hang out in the basement and then there's no cops and there's a bathroom here. Like, we we should just do that. I would be a hard pass. And Maggie is apprehensive, but they eventually agree to do it. They do joke that they think that Ma, Sue Ann, is into him, which we will find out is true later, kind of, in a roundabout way. I think it's a yeah. vicarious thing, but I do think that is an element of it. I definitely think it's a little bit of her reliving her high school experience, but like in what she would think is a positive way. I think that's how it starts for her. And then she starts to relive the trauma, and then she then wants to get revenge. At least that's... right. To me, how it felt watching it the one time I've watched it. I think on a second watch, it feels like she plots it from the beginning. That's fair. I mean, she is stalking them from the beginning. Yeah, where once she realizes that that's who that kid is, then she's like, oh, it's on. Yeah. So they go into her basement and it at first it's just a basement and she has a good reason for them to be there. She's like, hey, I feel better knowing that you're not driving around. I would rather you drink here. Come check out with me after I'll have your keys so I know that you're safe to drive home. Yeah. And we do see her do sort of like the equivalent of a low budget field sobriety test before she gives the keys back to the guy who's driving. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, I definitely sort of at this point understood why she was doing it and it didn't seem super creepy it seemed a little creepy but not like super creepy creeps but later this night it gets super creepy creeps i mean i would say this is an adult that none of them have a personal connection to right and who is actively providing them with alcohol and secluding them yes all of those are huge red flags i mean a you shouldn't be providing alcohol to minors just in general like full stop you should yeah and you're liable if something happens yeah. To them, or they do something to somebody else. Yeah, something happened in her basement while they were drinking in her basement. Yeah. She would definitely be liable, yes. I think maybe I would have fewer red flags if it was an adult that they knew ahead of time. Like, if it was somebody's parent. 
it's still hardcore not good yes on a lot of levels but at the same time i could see a parent being like if you're gonna drink i'd rather you do it in the house like amy poehler's character in mean girls i know a lot of parents that were like that when i was in high school yeah because then at least i know where you are yes i know where you're drinking and you're not driving Exactly. Uh, not only do I know where you're that you're where you are, I don't have to go get you. You're not driving. And also I can kind of keep an eye on what's happening in the house. Yeah. But this is no one's parent. No one is actually keeping an eye on anything. It's a stranger like this. It's bad from the beginning. But she kind of sets them up in the basement. And as she's leaving, she gives them rules. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, I get your keys until you're safe to drive. Nobody goes upstairs. And that's basically the rules. Yeah. And as she's leaving, Darrell says, you got any pizza rolls, Ma? And she's like, Ma, all right, I'll get you some snacks. So she actually makes some snacks and brings them down. Yeah. She finds them on Instagram. Uh, she finds a picture of Andy and Maggie together. And when she gets back downstairs, Chaz is like, hear me out. We should rearrange the room. And she's like, yeah, sure. When I win the lottery, which to be honest, is pretty rude. She's letting you drink in her basement. It's weird to be like, we could, you know, zhuzh this place up. Yeah, because yeah, Chaz is like, hey, why don't you buy all this shit to make this more fun for us? Yeah, it's yeah. spoiled brat. And then he gets like right in her face and is like, well, if you don't want to be cool, that's on you. Like he gets super into her face. And that very clearly triggers her. Well, she gets him by making a child strip naked at gunpoint. Yeah, she because she's got a gun. She makes him strip and then waits till he's fully nude. And then she says, you are under arrest for being so dang cute. Which, like, shouldn't be funny, but it did make me laugh a bit on a second viewing. I was too uncomfortable. Oh, it's super uncomfortable. Uh, I was very uncomfortable. I was like, oh, now it's sexual. Great. Yeah, this is a live action child porn, and I'm uncomfortable with this. He, well, here's the thing. I knew it was bad. Like, I'm going into this on a second viewing being like, she's yeah. the villain. It's bad. She's going to try and kill all of them. That's a really crazy thing to say <laughs> like that is a wild comment to make um but then she claims that the gun doesn't work i just found it when i was moving in we cool and like diffuses the situation but like we not cool because we guns not cool that was scary. a gun yeah i also don't care if the gun doesn't work if you pull it and point it i'm out yeah well like if you're in a basement and then all of a sudden someone's like strip and then pulls a gun on you that's very bad Ooh, I am just uncomfortable with guns in general. I don't like being around them. Yeah. And, well, and especially if I didn't know there was going to be a gun. Like if you invite me over and you're like, we're going to shoot guns. That's different. I can mentally prepare for guns to be there. Part of gun safety is all guns. If they're old, new unloaded are treated like they're loaded and like at yes, all times at all times yeah yes and i grew up in the south man like guns are a part of our culture in the south i don't own a gun because for mental health reasons i shouldn't but like i have been shooting guns and that stuff is fun like i get why people enjoy doing that but yeah if if someone like pulled out a gun and pointed it at me unless it was like an obvious super soaker i'm out that's yeah. not a joke like that is aggravated assault yeah. Oh, yeah. And also she makes him strip like, yeah, there's multiple felonies going on right now in yeah. this basement. I mean, how many times have you seen a news story where it's like thought gun wasn't loaded, murdered friend? Literally every day child kills. Like I, I read an article earlier this week where a three year old killed themselves with a gun that their parents thought was unloaded. It's tragic every time. OK, there's a terrible statistic that they have not updated recently 
The last one I saw was 2018. But previously when they were tracking it, a toddler shoots someone every day in the United States, which is like, they don't always die. So I'm I'm sorry that I'm laughing at it. But the idea that babies are more lethal than some of our like, like than sharks, than tigers. Yeah. Toddlers shoot more people than people get shot in like natural disasters and stuff. It's a wild statistic, but it's because guns are not properly stored. So, yeah, yes, this has been your gun safety portion of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So when I was a kid, I had a gun pulled on me and I ran away immediately and like told my parents, I can't imagine after this incident, them being like, that was funny. Let's drink. Let's go back. Yeah. I did have a gun pulled on me once in high school. Oddly enough, with the friend who has that three-legged greyhound, they were in the car (laughs) with me. Pulling it all together. Nice. (laughs) Closing the loop on that greyhound. I love it. (laughs) Closing the loop. Wait, is this how that dog lost a leg? No, 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 no. Hang on. Long before they got the dog. And that dog saved our lives that day with his limb. <laughs> we were all at a sleepover and we went to go TP a, uh, another boy at school's house. And their neighbor heard us and came out with a shotgun, which, by the way, super illegal here. Like, we don't do that here. And so no one was prepared for that And I had stayed in the car and watched the guy with the gun and just like threw the car in reverse and was like, like we are gone. (laughs) Yeah. And the other girls uh, ran back to the cars and (laughs) made it back to like the main house that we were like slumber partying at. Mind you, we're all like 18 at the time. Right. And the girl who was closest to the gun was like full nervous breakdown. Like she was shaking and crying and we she had to go home. She was like, I'm done. I'm done for the night. I don't care if we never leave the house for the rest of the night. I need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) This is is not good. Uh, And then told her parents who then called the police. Uh, And it was like a whole thing. I once had the police pull their guns on me. Ooh, Well, me and a few people. But in all fairness, we were filming without permits a gunfight scene and someone called the cops. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. It was completely our fault. And I'm surprised looking (laughs) back on it that we didn't get shot by those police officers because the guns Uh, we were using were not real guns. They were like the guns you use in productions. But we had spray painted the tips on them black. So Mm -hmm. the the cops did not know that they weren't real guns. So like not only that, you probably got like a 911 call like there's guys with guns yep. in the back uh, uh, over this property that look like they're threatening each other. Yep. Yep. I yep. honestly don't know what the... Uh, I know that they got a 911 call because they told us that, but that, cu- that could have ended very, very badly, and that's the last time we ever did anything like that. Yeah, from what I know now, that would be like lights and sirens, like a yeah. lot of officers going to it because yeah. of like a shooting. I honestly yeah. feel like the only thing that saved us is there was a big camera following us around, you know? So mm. I feel like they were like, this is you probably... think the person calling would have saw that too. I honestly don't blame that person, though. There are people with guns running around the train tracks behind their house. Like, I get it. I'm not mad at them. We were just really stupid kids. Like, that was a very, very dumb thing to do on our part. I'm pretty sure. I'm not not 100%, but I'm pretty sure the guy that pulled the gun tried to, like, argue trespassing or any number of things. 
but we were on like the sidewalk. And so I'm pretty sure that guy got a ticket for pulling a gun because like in California, you can't just like have them out in the open wherever you want. So I mean, in the South, you can carry a fucking M16 to Dairy Queen. So like that's not uncommon here. Uh, You have to be 18, Todd. You don't really (laughs) see a lot of that in Nashville, but like in the rural areas around Nashville, you do. Well, here's the thing. It makes more sense to me in a rural area where you may have a farm or you may be near wildlife that might present danger to you or honestly around kids who better get (laughs) (laughs) it's just buckshot come on Anyway, this is the first and only time they should be in her basement after this happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what doesn't have a gun? The rock pile. Let's go back to the rock pile. No, I bet if you fished around the rock pile, you'd find a gun. That's probably true. Yeah. It's probably used in a murder or robbery, but you'd find it. (laughs) But the rock pile isn't actively pulling a gun on you. Either the adults in this town are terrible or these group of like 40 friends can keep more secrets than any group of teenagers I've ever met. It reminds me of the parents in the nightmare universe that that killed Freddy Krueger. Like she's straight up sending videos and stuff. I think a parent would have seen something. Yeah. Maybe. Not in the core group because that core group's parents were not great. But, like, they had big parties in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. One of them threw up or got caught, and a parent was like, where were you? Yeah, one of their parents has, like, a Finsta profile that they use to follow their kids' profiles. You don't think that the the preacher's kid who was falling asleep on the couch, like, as an act? She's my favorite. She's so funny. Yeah. You think she wasn't telling her dad about what was going on? Come on. Does she make it? She might die in this movie, because I know she gets knocked unconscious. Yeah, I don't think any kids die in this movie. I don't remember seeing her at the end. Oh, I don't think she was in the basement at the end. She's not one of the core group. She was. Yeah, she was. She gets knocked unconscious with the iron. Oh, shit, that's right. They left her in there because they thought she was faking it. <laughs> she might, yeah. <laughs> she she, she might get, She might get burned alive because they're all like, no, she's not really knocked out. She's faking it. She'll come out when she's ready. And she burns alive in that basement with Octavia Spencer. Anyway, so they finish their first night at Ma's and they kind of make their way out. They've had a good time. She lets them go. I think most of them had a good time. I think Chad had a weird time. Yeah, I think Chaz had a weird time, but I also think Chaz is maybe not the brightest in the group. He definitely is not, no. And did not interpret that necessarily as a, a red flag. I th- he sounds like one of the dudes that would have been shown people as dick anyway. <laughs> sounds terrible, but like... Oh, yeah, I'm going to say this. The only person who looked surprised in that scene by seeing his dick was the new girl to the group. Yeah. Everyone, everyone yeah. else was like, oh, that's little Chaz. <laughs> that's Chaz. <laughs> I'm not saying Octavia Spencer's character was not wrong to do it's absolutely wrong and terrible yeah but i also think that chaz looks like a streaker and so what is reading is very wrong to us maybe didn't read as wrong to him as it should have we're just trying to find a reason as to why they would go back into that basement after this happens yeah yeah maybe Yeah. yeah uh anyway so they leave and as they're leaving they see octavia spencer's wedding ring Yeah. And she reveals that whoever she was married to left a long time ago and she can't get the ring off. Do you think he left or do you think she killed him? Uh, I think he left. Okay. But I mean, he definitely could be dead at the rock pile and we wouldn't know it. And we wouldn't know it. Anyway, she says, now you know where the party is. And we get a flashback to her being invited out to the rock piles as a teenager. Yeah. By what we will find out is Erica, who is Maggie's mom. So Maggie comes home and her mom asks her how it went. She says it was fun. And she looks outside and Andy's outside with the van waving her goodnight. Uh, 
Meanwhile, we cut back to Ma's house where she fishes out a yearbook in the basement and opens to her page, which does say ceramics choir as animal husbandry. (laughs) And so that's why she ended up being a vet, I guess. But she starts looking up all of their parents and the kids on Facebook, finds the pic of her mom dressed for her job at the casino. And so she goes to the casino the next day. So the next day at the casino, we see Erica, Juliet Lewis, waiting or serving people. And then Ben Hawkins, who is Andy's dad, the one who owns the security company, and his new girlfriend, who did also go to high school with them, uh, Mercedes, played by Missy Pyle. She is drunk and sloppy in the middle of the day, and they're playing, I think, poker as Erica is serving them. And Sue Ann just kind of watches the whole thing go down. Yeah, it does look like they're just playing poker at that table, although what they're playing is not like what is a part of the scene. It's how they treat Juliet Lewis. Yeah, because Juliet Lewis was one of their friends in high school. Like she was a friend group. And Mercedes is sloppy, drunk, mean. Ben is embarrassed but kind to her basically like you know professional i would say and sue ann watches all of it and i think for sue ann it's like okay these people are still terrible people they still treat people badly mercedes in particular so we cut to later that day maggie is at home and her mom is leaving with Stu to go to bartender training um so that she can become a bartender because bartenders make more money than servers i actually thought it was uh poker dealing training it could also be she talks about pouring and getting it so maybe it's just casino training in general maybe yeah Maybe she's having a girls weekend. With Stu? No, I mean, we know it's some sort of training. Yeah. But they're not super clear. But it also doesn't super matter. Yeah. It just serves as a way to get her out of the story for a bit so that her daughter can do shenanigans that further the story. Right. So she says, nobody can come over to the house while I'm gone. I'm trusting you. And Maggie does keep that promise. Nobody comes over to the house while she's gone. I mean, she even says, she's like, listen, I I would, but the house is a mess. We just moved in and like we haven't set anything up yet. So there are boxes and shit everywhere. It would not be fun. It wouldn't be good. Yeah. Uh, So we cut to Sue Ann watching Mercedes leave to go running in the morning and kind of follows her running route. Yeah. She's full on stalker mode. Like Alice and Janie is probably like, where is Sue Ann? Who is going to answer these phones? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we cut to they're leaving school. The kids are leaving school and they're asking to go over to Maggie's house. She says no because of the boxes. And as they make their way to the van, there's a box near the front wheel. They open it. It's full of booze. All of their phones ring at the same time. It's a video message from Ma that says, yeah. why wait for the weekend? It's 5 p.m. somewhere. And then that laugh she does is like evil. I was like, oh, my God, that's yeah. crazy. Well, and they have this brief moment of like, how did she get all of our numbers? Never mind. And then they just get in the car and they go to Ma's, which is a full scale house party now. Yeah. On like a Tuesday. Who are these people? On like a Tuesday. And she's redone the basement as far as like she's moved furniture. So now it's like that basement becomes like a cool ass party basement. Yeah. It's what Max sings about in his song Basement Party. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know that song. Oh, man. It's uh, the artist is a guy called Max and it's on his I think it's called Hell's Kitchen Angel album. And it's like the full thing is like sexy bangers front to back. You don't know Max? Come on now. There's a lot of basement party songs. Yeah, there's a lot of basement parties. Yeah. I had a futon in my basement. There's also Aaron Carter's Aaron's Party. Come get it. <laughs> From the left <laughs> to the right. Make noise. Anyway, so she has like snacks. 
She's got booze. She's got tons of people there. She's giving uncomfortably long hugs. And now it's full scale. It's in full swing. It's a huge party. Yeah. And I do love that Haley's just like, let's get filthy. Like it does not alarm her at all. No. And this is the first place we meet Ashley, who is the girl passed out on the couch. And Maggie turns to Haley and said, says, is she okay? She's been passed out since we got here. Should we call someone? Basically, like, should we get her home? And this is where Haley is like, oh, no, she's faking it. Her dad's a pastor, so she pretends to pass out so she doesn't have to drink and doesn't get in trouble with her dad, which is the dumbest plan. It is dumb. I mean, I've never had alcohol in my entire life, and I've been to a lot of parties like this. No one cares if you're not drinking. Like, if you're, I mean, unless they're dicks. Like, I never had one of my friends be like, oh, you're not drinking, you're not cool. They were always like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want to drive us places? <laughs> the only the only time it's ever happened to me was as an adult at a work function. <laughs> Someone was like, you're not drinking. And it was after I'd kind of like stopped drinking. And all I had to do was make it to make it stop was go, no, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was fine. No one cared. It was great. <laughs> so when I started dating again before Natalie and I got together, but after I moved home, I was on like dating apps and whatever. And I told someone I didn't drink. And she was like, oh, are you an alcoholic? And I was like, no, I just never have drank. And she wouldn't believe me. She got to the point where she was like, I bet you killed someone with your car. And that's why you don't drink. That makes sense. And I was like, are <laughs> you joking? What? Did you tell her that you were a former Mormon? Because I know a lot of, of foremans who don't drink. Foremans, yeah. Uh, some Exmos. No, I mean, I some didn't, Exmos? I didn't yeah. tell her that because it just didn't come up but i did mm. think it was weird that she went from oh you don't drink well you must have murdered someone in a vehicular homicide <laughs> i mean i could understand asking someone why they don't drink because that might inform the things that you choose to do around them or things that you would ask for comfort level and stuff well i mean the reason it came up is because she was like hey do you want to grab a drink sometime and i was like let's grab coffee and she was like oh do you not yeah. drink and i was like no and normally I've had the interaction a bunch and they're like, that's fine. Yeah. Let's get coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So we watch as Ma kind of surveying the party, her face changes, which is something that Octavia Spencer does so well in this movie. Mm -hmm. She's so good, man. It's almost like you watch a cloud pass her eyes and, and it's just chilling. It yeah. is so scary. Um but she cuts to a flashback where she's at the rock piles and she's there with Ben. Hawkins Andy's dad and he gives her a beer and she clearly has a crush on him yeah and he's kind of like being nice to her but it's not reciprocated he is being fake yeah and I feel like it's obvious to the audience but not to Sue Ann and that's the difference I don't think I quite picked up on the fact that he was like gonna be an asshole to her because at this mm -hmm. point we hadn't seen the flashback where like he like sets up her sexual assault but like well, to be fair, Mercedes sex sets it up. That's why oh, she's the first one to die. I mean, but he, but he participates. He was definitely in on it. Yeah, I guess we don't know whose idea yeah. it was, but he was in on it, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely would understand why she has it out for him too. But I thought he was just like, you know, sort of like being nice when you run into someone from high school at like a Target and you're like, oh, hey, mm -hmm. it's good to see you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you've been well, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then just never talk to them again because, you know, you're, you haven't seen them in 12 years, you know? The yeah. only reason I think it's not that the only reason I think it is more sinister is because he and Mercedes are talking and Mercedes sends him over to her. That's fair. I don't really think Mercedes is doing a lot of talking in that relationship. But yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> well, and we do find out Mercedes is the one who sets up the I don't want to call it a prank assault. It's not a prank. No. Mercedes sets it up. He 
helps her because he's kind of integral to it. And then Erica doesn't stop it. And that's what she kind of blames them for specifically. And as far as the blame goes, that's who gets it the most, right? Mercedes. Yes. Him. And then Juliet Lewis. Yeah. Erica. Yeah. Because she doesn't plan to kill Erica specifically. I don't think so. But once they're in that basement, I do think she was going to. She would have. Yeah, Yeah. 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 She was going to kill her daughter, though. Yeah. She's going to kill all of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think that was her way of, like, payback. But yes. anyway, so we cut back to the modern day party. Everyone's doing shots. She kind of hits on Darrell a little bit and no one really acknowledges it. Like, they hear it and they're kind of like, what was that? And yeah. then... To cover for it, she turns to Maggie and says, those earrings are beautiful. And Maggie says, well, my mom gave it to me. And she's like, oh, you've got a sweet mom, huh? And she kind of cheers and toasts with them. And Ma's like, oh, I don't drink. The last time I did, it was bad. But the longer this movie goes on, the more we see her drink. Yes. And it's bad overall. So I don't know if this is true or if it gets progressively worse. And I don't know. But it's an inconsistency. Let's say that. So they cheer her on. Everyone does shots. And then they hear something upstairs and she says it's the old ice machine i'll go check on it and she walks into the house gets a syringe from the fridge and the first time i watched this i thought this was insulin and maybe that's why she didn't drink like yeah she's not drinking because she's diabetic and now she has to use insulin um but it's not we will find out later that this is actually the diazepam that she's using to keep her daughter sedated upstairs yeah and that sound we heard was i thought it might have been one of the parents already but it's just her daughter that Mm. made that sound upstairs that drew her upstairs Right. Meanwhile, down in the basement, the bathroom is full because allegedly two people are fucking in there. Yes. So Haley and Maggie go up to use the bathroom upstairs and Maggie stands watch and she hears Sue Ann talking to someone upstairs. So she knows there's someone else in the house that they don't know about. And so she bursts into the bathroom while Haley is going to the bathroom and just says, we have to go. We have to go immediately. Yes. And Haley's like, what? And she's like, I don't care. Finish up. Don't flush it. We got to go. Yeah, because A, they're not supposed to be upstairs. But I think she saw something that we don't necessarily see. She she at least heard that there's someone else there. Yeah, but right. We don't necessarily we don't see anything else. But I think in Maggie's mind, why would Ma have not told us there was someone else? Why wouldn't that someone else be downstairs? Is this why we're not allowed up? upstairs and ma is speaking very forcefully to the person upstairs it sounds like she's beating somebody yes like she's hitting that person yeah yes and maggie is marginally more suspicious than the rest of the children who yes. should all not be there right and maggie's like hmm i hear someone mm. being beat upstairs that could be the same woman who pulled a gun on my friend and made him strip naked yeah maybe we should leave yeah yep so as they come out of the bathroom ma catches them immediately and throws one of them against the wall and they go running basically back through the basement and out and they get their like friend group to leave although the rest of the party stays we cut to later that night where ma is upstairs cutting out photos of herself as a teenager singing a song about the weekend which does play over the credits and it's one of the like it does yeah yeah the songs in the movie it's a banger too man she's not singing it like a banger she's singing it creepy as fuck but it the song's (laughs) great yep We cut to the next morning, Maggie wakes up and checks her phone and she has tons of messages from Ma that are 
unhinged uh, uh, basically of just like i'm sorry that happened i asked you not to come upstairs i didn't mean to be that way i didn't mean to scare you just like boom 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 and we cut to school where she's kind of comparing notes with Haley, who also got a ton of messages yeah and Haley's like i don't even really remember what happened and another girl comes over and asks them uh, i think it's, her name is stephanie um do you think she'd let us throw a birthday party and we notice stephanie has a new bracelet for her five-month anniversary where she let her boyfriend go down on her which is <laughs> A ridiculous detail. Yeah, yeah. And I also yes. love that Haley's like, how did you let him wait so long? <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was funny that it was like five month anniversary. Yeah. Not six, not one, not 12. That's high school, man. Dude, that is high school. And high school, five months is a long time. Five bucks is a long time now. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mikey. How long was your last relationship? It was longer than five months, Sick. wasn't it? Six. That's a long time for you, Mikey. That Honestly, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> anyway, so Andy asks Maggie out and they're going to go on a date. And he kind of jokes that he was like talking to this other girl and deciding. But, you know, like it's bullshit. He has liked her this whole time. So Ma shows up at school after school to confront them. And she's like, hey, I got us a beer pong table. And they all find reasons to not be there. They're like, "Ah, I've got homework or, you know, I've got to clean the house school night. I can't. And Ma then is like, oh, so you all don't have time for me. That's real nice. Like, I put my neck out for you. I built this whole basement. And Haley just says, girl, you need a man. And then she turns on a dime and Ma is like, you need to watch your mouth and stomps away. And it's terrifying. It's scary. But we watch her carry a box of booze to another car of teens. They follow her to her house. And at the turn for her house, they drive past her and throw something at her car and scream loser. And she cries. And it's very sad. But at the same time, you're like, this is an unhealthy relationship with these younger people. Yeah. Like, you are not in high school anymore. These are not your peers. This is not healthy. They're also not your friends. Like, I, you don't know these kids personally. It's not like they're kids from your church or community or like they're kids of your friends. You know, like, these are people who have no connection to you that are using you because they want a safe place to drink alcohol. Right. I'm not saying we should feel bad for Octavia Spencer. I'm saying that she should understand that there are boundaries that she has already crossing over right we cut to maggie's house maggie's mom gets home and she's like hey i'm sorry i've been gone so much but somebody's got to pay the bills how was school uh you know how's it going and she tells her mom that andy asked her out and they're gonna go out tomorrow night she's got a boyfriend we cut to ma's the next night and ma's putting on lipstick in her house and all of the kids are over at her house for the weekend yeah so Maggie and Andy go, and this is for Stephanie's party. And as they kind of walk in, Maggie's like, we're just going to wish her a happy birthday and then leave, okay? But they get there, and Ma immediately is like, let me get you drinks. You've made it. I'm glad you're here. Men are dogs. Don't mess your life up with a baby. And then she and Andy, Maggie and Andy, kiss. And Ma again turns on a dime. Yeah. Like, she is instantly upset. Yeah. So she talks everyone into getting shots and talks Maggie specifically into doing two shots. Well, and one of them out of a red cup and one of them out of a green cup that she clearly spiked. Oh, yes. Uh, Everyone's dancing, kissing, and then Ma is watching the whole thing upset. But Maggie has clearly been drugged, like obviously been drugged. She wakes up at home. 
with bruises and scratches all over her and her earrings are gone. We cut to her later that day at the mall with Andy and she basically confronts Andy and is like, I don't remember going home. Yeah, that's never happened to me before because I don't drink and I'm sure it's not happened to everybody who drinks, you know, but I know a lot of people who have been like, yo, I blacked out last night. I do not remember how I ended up back in my bed. You know, I'd imagine that's terrifying. I, I would imagine it would be. I think it's also a little rough to remember all of it. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes it's a blessing yeah. for some people, I guess. I mean, but that's why alcohol negates consent. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent because you can't trust your decision making in that situation you are not present during a blackout like that that's also why you shouldn't drug people and why that negates consent as well um i had a few friends get drugged in college thankfully for Mm. i mean unfortunately for some of them it did not turn out great it's very upsetting but for some of them we caught yeah like right after they'd been drugged we were able to get them home safely but they have no memory like it's like at a, a certain point in the evening the light switch goes off just like Oof. done. Yeah. Which is that is scary. And that's very clearly what happens here. Yes. Because she has no memory and she's got like bruises and scratches on her knees and legs and stuff. And of course, she's got stuff missing from like her earrings are missing and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, one time you guys want to hear my embarrassing blackout story. I think I speak for every listener ever by saying yes. <laughs> I'll tell my not blackout story after if you want. So I've only blacked out twice and there was both before 21 or both like around 21, 20. And like, I'd never, I've never blacked out, but one, nothing happened. And it was just like, what, what happened last night? And they're like, oh, you were just like laughing or whatever. And I was like, oh, weird. <laughs> one, I wake up and I don't know where I am. Oof. I'm in my boxers. I'm on a couch. And then I, I come to, and I'm like, oh, it's my friend's apartment. So I, I know where I am. And then okay, I'm, that's good. I'm like, just, but I have no idea how I got there. Why, where are my clothes? Like, you know, my clothes are right there. So I was like, okay, I guess I got hot. But then they were like, no, <laughs> you went streaking around the apartment complex last night. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Wow. Like bare ass naked, like naked ass naked, God. Mikey? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, man. I changed how I drank after that from like that point moving forward for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you show your dick to uh, an apartment complex full of strangers, it's probably a time to reevaluate your drinking habits. I unfortunately remember most of mine. Um, I went out with a bunch of friends and I got there after they had already been there for like an hour or two. Uh, And it was like we had started in the middle of the day because it was like AIDS walk and then everyone went to go party after. And so they'd already been drinking for a couple hours. I showed up. One of them was already way too drunk. So the other friend with us is trying to kind of like cut him off without realizing that we've cut him off. So like they're kind of like, stealing and switching his drinks so that they're not drinking as much as they think. Sure. Um, But to do that, they start handing me the like half drinks and are like, you drink this so he doesn't really like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because it's half drinks or partial drinks, I'm not keeping track of how many it actually is Uh because I haven't been ordering them and tracking them. Yeah. On top of that, someone brings over shots and it's like, hypnotic or bartles and james like the sweet gross stuff um Uh, first off hypnotic tastes really good no i mean like it's fruity but it's not a real shot let's like it's not like a shot of tequila is what i I mean hypnotic is like blue kool-aid i love it it is like blue (laughs) kool-aid it'll fuck you up because it'll get you drunker than you expect faster than you expect so somebody comes around and they just have like free shots in Uh the middle of this gay bar and they're just knocking them back 
And in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just fucking Bartles and James, basically. Like, this is not going to mess me up. But I'm not adding the probably five or six rum and Cokes that are already in my system. Yeah, okay. Because I drank half drinks. Yeah. And I'm also a person that, like, I do not get noticeably drunk until I am way too drunk. Yeah. So that's how I am too, Paige. Yeah. So nobody is, nobody else is noticing that I'm in trouble. Uh, whereas for people that show it a little bit more, they get cut off by the people around them a little bit faster. So it's not until I get up to go to the bathroom at one of the, the clubs we're at that I realize, oh no, I am way too drunk. And now there's nothing you can do. Now you're just stuck in it. You can't undrunk yourself. Right. And so I stumble down the stairs at a club that has on the stairs. If you can't get back up, these stairs don't go down them. But that's where the bathroom is. Uh oh. Go to the bathroom, which makes it worse because then you're peeing. So now you're more dehydrated and it like affects you more. And a very nice go go boy helps me back up the stairs. But at that point, I am too drunk to be in the bar anymore where they're like, I'm like basically head down on the table and they're like, you got to take her out of here basically. Yeah. So my friends get a cab and they put me into the cab. I managed to give them my address and they take me home. And the whole time they're just like, don't you fucking puke in this cab. Don't you dare. We're not going to pay for it. Don't do it. So I managed not to. When we get to my apartment, I start throwing up everything on earth. Like I am gripping the grass outside my apartment to hold on to the earth so I don't fall <laughs> off of it. Like that dizzy. And it is a miserable feeling. It is so terrible. And I fade in and out a little bit at that point. But for the most part, I remember all of it. They get me upstairs. I lived on the third floor. So they had to like put me in the elevator and then they find an office chair to push me home. And so they get me to my apartment. They dump me into my apartment and they're also kind of drunk. And so they have my phone and they're like, we set your alarm for nine. And I was like, thank you. They throw it. I remember the phone hitting my chest. Then I passed out. And then I awoke to the phone going off a half hour later because they set it for 9 p.m. And it was 9 p.m. Oh, no. (laughs) So at that point, I woke up. I I was feeling a little bit better. I drank a lot of water, took a shower, and then eventually got to sleep. But yeah. So I'm I'm just saying sometimes maybe you don't want to remember. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. never I have never even come close to drinking that much since then. Like not even remotely. Don't do it. Anyway, so she doesn't remember anything, but it seems like Andy got her home okay. Yeah. Ideal I hope that Andy got her home okay and no shenanigans happened. He does seem like a pretty decent guy. Like, I, there's no reason to think anything yeah. untoward happened, so... We do, but I, I would imagine being drugged regardless of what happens to you feels very violating regardless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but so she says, because of that, I don't want to hang out at Ma's anymore, and he's like, why? And I'm like, she got drugged! What are you talking about? Like, yeah. duh. But he agrees not to, uh, and says, now you have to go have egg rolls with me, and I'm going to put ketchup on them, which is gross. That's actually the, the scariest part of the movie for me. <laughs> anyway, we got to the vet office where Ma is stealing diazepam. Yeah, like a lot of it. Like a lot a of lot it. A lot of it. She takes a handful of bottles of diazepam. Yeah. Yeah. And we cut to Maggie's house where she and Andy are like dry humping on the couch. 
Oh like, yeah, I mean they're doing that high school makeout thing. Like that's oh uh, she yeah, had yeah, one yeah. buckle of her overalls off. That is unacceptable as a parent. I mean that that was clearly because a hand needed to go under there. I think. Yeah, <laughs> like, but also she buckles it back. And I'm like, people do wear overalls with one buckle unbuckled. You don't have like you can pull this off. She seemed very guilty. She was like hilariously acting guilty when her mom came home. And I do love that the mom comes home and she, they like run out of the room or whatever. Or he goes and sits down at the table, which is right next to the couch. And she goes into the like the kitchen to pretend like she's getting them drinks and she like fixes her clothes or whatever. And the mom comes yep. in and she's like, there's a boy in my house, which I thought was <laughs> well, very funny. She she puts the pillows back on the couch. Oh, yeah. So, like, and she's like looking at them. Obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she goes. You guys are thirsty because she because yeah. her daughter comes back in with the water. And I was like, yeah, they were definitely thirsty for something. mom." <laughs> this kid, not good with meeting parents. No, he no. like cusses twice in front of the mom, which like, I don't know. Cousin doesn't bother and me. Not like about random things. He's like, my <laughs> the stuff he cusses about is like rough. Yeah, He's like, my dad's side piece is a fucking bitch. <laughs> well, but also, I think he gets away with it a little bit because Juliet Lewis like just recently ran into Mercedes and she's kind of like, oh yeah. Yeah. She is sort of a bitch. You're right. Yeah. I mean, his porch joke was like real good, but then like he fucked it up by cursing in front of the mom like too much. Yeah. But as that's happening, their phones start blowing up and she's like, do you got a lot of girlfriends? And they're like, no, it's a friend from school, but it turns out it's Ma. Yeah. So we cut to school the next day and they're all like, okay, we have to block her because this is getting intense. And so Haley's like, well, I'll just tell everyone else to too. So she puts out like a video on her Instagram story. Good. Like Lord. how is no one getting caught with this? I don't know. Well, And Ma even sees it. Like why the fuck did That's you what not? I'm saying. <sighs> did she not block Ma first and then post the story? Yes. Well, and she basically is like, she's crazy. My grandma's nice. Maybe we can party at her house. But it's like a real mean message. I mean, for an adult that's clearly does not have their best interest at heart. But Ma sees it at the nail salon and leaves. And she's like rewatching it at work. I will say her fight with the elderly lady next to Love her it. in the uh, oh. pedicure chair may be my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, where she's just like, mind your own damn business. Not today, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gives Donna, the person who's doing her pedicure, like she like gives her money and like she bones out. And as she's walking out, she goes, move at a person who's not on camera yet. And then you see that person yeah. walk by her. You're like, Dude, Octavia Spencer's doing the most, and I hate her character, but I love Octavia Spencer in this movie. Oh, she's, yes. so she's good. crushing it! Like, I'm pretty sure she calls that lady a bitch. Like that old. The, oh, the one she on the does. Chair. Yeah, she, she does. Mind your own business. Well, keep your business to yourself. And then she's like, "Shut up, bitch!" And I was like, "Oh, yeah." I would love to be like seven chairs down in the pedicure. Everybody's like, "Oh my god!" It's just Mikey and me in the background. Like, ooh, look at the tea over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello. Another glass of wine, please, because this is too intense. Right. So we cut to the vet. So she's back from getting her pedicure and she's still watching the video. Like she's just like continuously watching it. Yeah, it's like amping her up. Yeah. Like we see Alice and Janie like, did you feed the animals? And she's just like, doesn't even respond. Yeah. She's just like still on the video. And we cut to a flashback where young Sue Ann goes into a dark. We find out it's the janitor's closet, but it's a dark room and a boy's voice calls her over and says, over here, close the door. And then we cut to Maggie's house where she's asleep, but her phone keeps going off. 
and it's a new number. And Ma has sent them a ton of videos. And finally, the last one is, I need you to meet me at the rock piles. It's an emergency. Please come. Yeah. They go to the rock piles and she tells them she has cancer and she's been on a lot of meds lately. And that's why it's made her maybe not be herself. But I could use some friends. And I think she does this specifically because she knows about Andy's mom. We have found out that Andy's mom died of cancer. And so when Maggie questions this and is like, I don't think she has cancer. I'm still really worried. He says, my mom actually did a lot of weird stuff toward the end because of the meds for yeah. cancer. And it kind of neutralizes any argument about Ma's behavior. Yeah, because he like literally high roaded his friends. It was like the same time when I was like that stupid picture above Mikey. And he's like, yeah, my granddad painted this during World War II or whatever it was. Yeah. My great uncle painted this with his feet at the Carney thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's amazing for a foot painting it is so ma's gonna go back to work but she's wearing stephanie's go down on you five month bracelet right i wonder if it said that on the bracelet thanks for letting me go down on you <laughs> That's thanks like for letting like... me tongue punch your lady box oh my god is that our, an original tiffany's thanks for letting me go down on you five month bracelet <laughs> that's a really specific greeting card but okay <laughs> yeah it's from their cunnilingus collection <laughs> so ma leaves they talk amongst themselves uh they do note that she's wearing the bracelet and Haley is like okay i've been missing my grandma's ring maggie's like i've been missing my mom's earrings and so they decide that they're going to go to their house yeah. go to ma's house so they wait till she's at work they go to the house they break into the basement. They go through to the second floor. They open. They get to the second floor and you realize that it's gated. Like it's a prison yeah. up there. Like someone's locked yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they open the gate. And this is where you kind of see someone crossing behind them as they're moving through the second floor. Yeah. But they go to Ma's room and there's pics of all of them. There's pictures of all of them all over the room, but also her old yearbook photos. Of their parents. Yes. Pictures yeah. of them and then pictures of their parents on the back. So while all of that's happening, Sue Ann is at work and Ben, Andy's dad, comes into the vet to drop off their dog for shots. And he kind of initiates a conversation with Sue Ann and is like, hey, we should go out for drinks after this. And he's being what I would say is unnaturally friendly for what we've seen him of him so far in the film. Yeah. I mean, even when Mercedes is going down on him, he seems like a dick. Like, it was like, just stop. Yeah. You're terrible at this or whatever. I'm going to answer this phone call while I'm getting a blowjob. Like, I don't know any guy who's ever done that ever, but whatever. But yeah, he is unnaturally Some of us are on call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I mean, but also when we see him at the casino with Mercedes, he knows Erica. They were friends in high school. They were closer in high school than he and Sue Ann yeah. were. And he is very very dismissive of her as well like yeah. he's he's not unkind but he's cold yeah and so the fact that he's you know engaging with sue ann in this way is a little odd red flag it's a red flag yeah. yeah so we cut to the janitor's closet after school and we cut immediately away so we don't actually sit through the whole thing like we, we're just getting pieces of it where we see ben ask her to come to the janitor's closet after school in this one then we cut back to ma's bedroom where maggie is like noticing his pictures of her mom they're going through the yearbooks and as they are, someone walks into the bedroom and it's Jeannie, the girl in the wheelchair from earlier, but she's just walking around the house. With a mask on. Like this scared the shit out of me when it happened because it's like yeah. a big jump scare moment and it scared mm -hmm. me. And she's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Like friends from school. Like she's not alerted to them as intruders. She's just happy to have somebody to talk to. 
she's probably not in a great mental space. No. No, I mean, she is a prisoner in her own house and her mother is poisoning yes. her to almost death. No, she's not in a great yeah. place. Yeah. So they tell her that they left their IDs when they were at the party and she's like, hey, I do hear you guys at the parties every night. It'd be cool if I could come sometime. And they're like, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're not stopping you. Feel free to come. Yeah, feel free to come. Uh, at one point she says to Haley, you have really pretty teeth. And it's just a very creepy moment, even though like- What's wrong with that? It's a strange thing to say to somebody. Yeah, it is a strange thing to say to somebody. Like, I'm afraid that you'll say that on a first date and really scare somebody. No, no, no. You don't say teeth. You think teeth, but what you say is smile. smile. Yeah, exactly. The other really bad <laughs> option is to just say mouth, like you got a pretty mouth. Oh, yeah, that's not a great one. Yeah. That is what Ben Andy's dad says to Mercedes all the time. Yeah, you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like he says, this is a waste of time. You have an adequate mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like maybe the worst thing that can be told to you after going down on someone. Yeah. They're like, it wasn't terrible, I guess. Oh, the I guess that hurts the most. Yeah. Anyway, so Jeannie tells them, I haven't been at school because I've been sick. My spine is getting worse. That's what my mom says. So this is when they realize that this is Sue Ann's daughter. Yeah. And she's held her out of school. And they're like, you can walk? Because yeah, you can walk. They've never seen her out of a wheelchair. And, and she's like, yeah, I can. But my mom tells me not to because it's bad for my spine. Something like that. Right. And she then tells them, you guys should leave. Because my mom doesn't like when anyone's in her room. I don't want her to get upset. Maybe I'll see you at school. And so they try to get out of the house, but they're locked in. That front door is locked. So they go through the basement, but Ma comes home as they're trying to get out. And she notices that somebody moved her ceramic cats. She has like a set of ceramic cats <laughs> on the of coffee course table. She does. Yeah. Honestly, I want some. Um, <laughs> I have too many actual cats to have ceramic cats. That's true. Yeah. My favorite is when she's just like, hey, you've been messing with these kitties? <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> never. Would never dare. No. But so they make it down and out of the basement just in time. And we cut upstairs to Ma basically telling Jeannie it's time for her medicine because she's about to go out with Ben to get drinks. And she says that maybe they should shave her head before her hair falls off. Because she's making her think she has cancer. I know. I was like, oh, this is such a creepy touch. Yeah. It is such a creepy touch. And this is where we know for sure this is Munchausen's by proxy. Mm -hmm. And that she's deliberately keeping her ill. Yeah. So she goes to the pub. And as she's sitting there, she has the flashback of Mercedes instructing her on how to give a blowjob. And Ben shows up to meet her at the pub, kind of breaks the flashback. And at first it seems very pleasant where it's like, like very cordial, at least you look lovely. How yeah. are you? Yeah. What what do you want to order? Do you keep in touch with anybody from school? And she's like, oh, I run into people now and then no reunions, though. And he's like, yeah, you know, I went to one, but my wife hated it. So I never went to another one. And as she's kind of just like talking it through, he just sets a black plastic rectangle on the table and is like do you know what this is and she says a, a taser and he's like no it's a tracking device it's on my entire fleet of trucks including my son's truck why is he at your house so often yeah where it becomes very clear that this was not a friendly meeting at all this is him being like what the fuck is my kid doing at your house yeah which is a fair question to ask like he is a bad dude i don't love the way he handles this even but I think it's important that a parent handled this, you know? Yeah. At least he cares about where his son is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to low jack the vehicle. 
it's a yeah, work van. It's, it's a work yeah. van. So I think it was going to be LoJack no matter what. But like, I think the reactions of all of the parents when they find out about what's been going on is completely appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Even though the parents might also be bad people. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, like, absolutely. So she's like, hey, I don't want to talk about this here. And he's like, I don't care where you want to talk about it. I think you're trying to get back at me. You had a thing for me and I was dismissive to you back in the day. And instead of being like, hey, I'm sorry I treated you badly. He goes, you're a loser still and it's pathetic, (laughs) which is like, I understand that like his kid's in danger and he's mad and absolutely he should be confronting her about this. But if you know that you were that much of a dick to someone in high school that they might try to hurt your kid, I might try apologizing. I might still try to contact authorities, but like... Yeah, there's no reason you can't do both. If he even remembers, he might be such a dick. He might be like M. Bison, which is my favorite part of the Street Fighter movie where like the day M. Bison came to the town, to your village and killed your father was the most important day of your life. And to me, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. That is such a strange, specific, and yet spot-on reference. Exactly. <laughs> well done. I, I think that maybe he he doesn't remember the specific thing they did to her. I think he just That's remembered what I that he think. was generally dismissive. But for her, it was life-changing. And so, well, like, it was rape. <laughs> it was, it, but that's what I mean. Like, it altered the course of her life. It was so devastating that it, it marks her time in high school and he doesn't even really care or remember. Yeah. Just like M. Bison. Just like M. Bison. <laughs> uh, but then he follows up with like, if I know my son has been there, I won't call the cops. I'll come handle it myself. And she's like, okay, good to know. Which is not in character because he's already tried to call the cops on his own son. Yeah, but I think in this case, he's like, my son's not the one doing it. You are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like my yeah. son would have no reason to go to your house without your influence. That's fair. Anyway. We cut to her Googling how to find a hidden tracker on a car while she's at work. <laughs> Again, we cut to work and she's not working at work. She's not working. Uh, and Allison Janney is like, hey, can you put down the phone and shave this dog? And she just starts like angrily shaving the dog. Yeah. And then it cuts to Allison Janney watching and she's clearly concerned. Yeah. <laughs> like Allison Janney's like, the fuck is happening? Yeah, I might end up in a kennel dead at her hands. Yep. Which, honestly, the next time we see her, she's in that kennel dead. Like, it may happen in this moment. We just don't see it happen. Yeah, we we just don't see it happen. Yeah. Uh, we cut to all of the, the school kids together, and they're trying to explain, like, hey, Jeannie is Ma's daughter, and she can walk. Ma went to school with our parents. She is targeting us. Yeah. And Andy's like, ah, meds pe- make people weird. She And Maggie's like, no, this is this is wild. And I think she used to be in love with your dad. And now in a weird way, she's in love with you. Or at least that's how this is playing out. Yeah, right. And he dismisses it. He's like, I don't think that's what's happened. So we cut to Maggie goes home and Sue Ann is at her house talking to Juliet Lewis. And again, Juliet Lewis did not recognize her the first time. At the vet. And this time she's like, oh, this is my high school friend. This is Sue Ann. She worked at the vet. And Sue Ann acts like she's never met Maggie. I'm sure there's people I wouldn't recognize from high school, though, even if they were my vet. Absolutely. I'm sure. So Maggie is kind of not telling her mom everything about Ma, pretending like she's meeting Ma for the first time. Uh, And then Ma leaves after dropping their dog off and it's fucking chilling yeah it is. and when she when she hugs her mom and changes her face and looks right at maggie oh yes. man yeah 
Oh, I love a good villain. Yeah, we cut to a flashback, and this is the flashback of the rape, where we realize it's dark. She thinks she's having an encounter with Ben, but then she leaves the janitor's closet after after asking, are you going to talk to me tomorrow? Which is so sad. Yeah, that is very sad. She comes out of the closet and Ben is already outside. Surprise, she was in there with somebody she didn't know or sign up to be with. Did, th- did that guy get any revenge on him, no. the guy that was in the closet? We never see him as an adult. Never. We we don't know who he is. And he was part of the prank. They just set him up. Head cannon. She killed him already. Maybe. Maybe that's who she ended up marrying originally. And he's dead. I don't know. Did they have sex? No, I don't think so. I think uh, because her daughter is the same age as everybody else's kids. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. No, I, I think this. it's implied that this is oral. But it doesn't matter. Like she. No, it's oh, still. No, I'm not saying no, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was wondering if the daughter was from that encounter. No, I don't think so. And so we cut to Sue Ann driving. She sees Mercedes running. And mind you, when she came out of that janitor's closet, everyone made fun of her, which is brutal. Like it's an insane. Anyway, there were like 20 kids lined up laughing at her. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. So she sees Mercedes running and she just swerves, hits and kills her. It's so fast and so intense it was I, I could not believe it yeah brutal and then just turns on earth wind and fire september <laughs> i know and i was like i sort of realize a murder just happened but this song's yes. a jam it's a banger yeah anyway meanwhile later that night maggie goes outside looking for their dog and because she kind of hears something outside she finds the dog and it's bleeding and she sees just through the chain link fence Ma's in the next yard just staring at her. I love the way they do this because it's like far enough away that it's still dark. You don't really know it's Ma, but you see someone who's wearing like the exact same scrubs Ma was wearing walking Mm -hmm. like out of the view of the backyard. I was like, oh, that's such a creepy way to do this. Yeah. And what we'll find out is that she just took blood from that dog is what happened. The dog's going to be okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the vet, Because now Juliette Lewis is trying to call the vet to help them with the dog. They can't get anyone to pick up the phone. And we reveal that Alice and Jenny is dead and in one of the kennels. Yeah. So it must have been right in that scene that she kills her. Yeah. Yeah. Or right after, like right when she gets back with the dog's blood. Because she's there with him. That's true. So her mom at first is like, well, I'm going to call Sue Ann. And at this point, Maggie comes clean and is like, don't call her. I know her. This is everything that happened. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ben has tracked the Lojack from his son's car to her house and he goes to confront her and he says, where's my son? And she's like, there's no one here but us. And she holds up the tracker and then injects him with a syringe. Dude, she gets so many people by stabbing them in the neck with a syringe in this movie. And this is the first one she does. Yeah. And every time I like scrunched my neck, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I would have survived because I don't have one. <laughs> a neck. She, she just needs. hits like a rock hard neck. shoulder and she's like, oh, it bent the needle. What do I do? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we cut back to Maggie and Erica's house and Juliette Lewis is like, what the fuck are you like an adult buying you guys booze partying in the basement? What You're never going anywhere near the house again. Like go to your room. Yeah. You're grounded till summer vacation. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Ma's house. 
Ben is restrained and she has an IV hooked up to him with Louis's blood, but she hasn't opened the IV yet. Right. And she basically is like, I didn't know what to do with you at first, but I had some ideas. And this is where she threatens to cut off his dick. And you see her grab his dick. Yeah. Yeah. Is this what you were going to show me in the closet? And basically threatens to cut it off it was, it was intense it's an intense well, scene she's holding his dick in one hand and like a machete in the other yeah like a butcher knife like a big old curved carving butcher knife i'm not gonna kink shame but like i'm not into blade play yeah so she basically is like no i'm not i'm not gonna cut your dick off but what you did to me the humiliation never goes away and he says like i'm so sorry i shouldn't have done that to you i was just a kid and she's like so was I. Yeah. By the way. And then she's like, you know, I was thinking about this the wrong way. You treated me like a dog because that's what you are. So that's what I'm going to treat you as. So she opens the IV, slits his wrist and walks away. Yeah. Like she just lets him bleed out. Yeah. He dies getting Louis's blood. Who's the dog? Like put mm-hmm. into his veins while his other wrist is like just squirting blood. Yeah. Oof. I mean, Here's the thing. He would have bled out regardless. Yeah. But then also he's full of dog blood. Yeah. So like. And you know what? I only like purebreds. Oh, Mikey. Because he's got half dog blood, half human blood. Yeah. Dog blood sounds like a 90s band that we should all forget. You can't even sell half Great Dane puppies. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's a K four and a half. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the american kennel association is not going to recognize that guy's dad okay okay but wouldn't you love to see him at that dog show like the fancy <laughs> the dog, Westminster dog, yeah, the Westminster <laughs> dog show and somebody just being like wonderful example of the breed just like cupping his nuts <laughs> he goes back to octavian spencer and he puts this thing down the table he's like do you know what that is and she's like what he's like it's a shock collar <laughs> i'm a show dog now <laughs> What if dog blood turned you into a dog? I smell a Hallmark film. <laughs> I smell a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. His dad was actually Air Bud, but as like a 40-year-old male just owning a security company, like smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I used to play basketball mm. in high school. Those were the days. Back when I was a real bitch. <laughs> and Air Bud's puppy is like, I don't want your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, Juliette Lewis goes out to the grocery store and sees Sue Ann and confronts her. And Sue Ann's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're jealous that I'm popular. And she's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're not popular. You're in your 40s. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Sue Ann's house where she's partying with Andy and she has Maggie's earrings. And Maggie sneaks out of the house to go because she's worried about everyone's safety. Yeah. Uh, She steals her mom's keys. She goes to the basement and everyone is clearly drugged. And even Andy, who doesn't drink, is like, you've got to drink some of the punch. It's so good. Yeah. And it's definitely Molly, right? Like, is everyone's like touching and feeling things like it's on Um, Molly? This is where Haley comes up and kisses her full on the mouth. I would say you could get some of that reaction from just being drugged in general because you're blacked out. And so it makes you kind of sleepy and dreamy. But yeah, yeah, it does seem kind of like Molly a little bit. Um, So meanwhile, Ma's upstairs with Jeannie and makes her take pills to pass out. Yeah. And Jeannie's like, I hear all those people's downstairs. And then Ma locks them in the basement. So she locks the door that leads into the house. And then she locks the exterior door to the basement. And the windows are nailed shut. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're trapped. Like it's a prison now. Yeah. It's a prison. Everyone starts passing out uh, with the exception of Maggie. Maggie is 
awake because she didn't drink the punch. And then Ashley, who has pretended to pass out, yeah, but didn't drink. So Maggie manages to get up into the house. She can't get out the front door. So she goes upstairs. She hears someone calling for help and she thinks it's Jeannie. But she goes and it's Ma's bedroom where she sees Ben completely bled out on the bed. He is dead. Oh, yeah. Completely dead. And Ma injects Maggie. Meanwhile, the next morning, Juliet Lewis wakes up. Maggie is gone. Maggie wakes up in the basement. Everyone else is still passed out. And Ma is like, wow, I gave you enough painkiller that you should have still been passed out. But look at you. So she cuts Chaz's shirt open and is like, oh, it must be nice to be so handsome. And then burns his chest with a hot iron, which just. Yeah. And then. Oh, no. Ashley does die here. Ashley dies. So. Oh, does she? Yes. Because Ashley wakes up revealing that she has not been passed out the entire time. And Ma bludgeons her to death with the hot iron. Oh, that's right. Hits her right in the face with it. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about she that. she is dead. Oh, yeah. That's the one kid who dies? That's the one kid who dies. The preacher's yeah. daughter. Let that be a lesson to you kids. You have to drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she sews Haley's mouth shut with sutures. And Maggie is oh, tied man. up. Everybody's tied up. Maggie's just the only one currently conscious. Yeah, she's watching all of this happen. Yeah. Meanwhile, Stu comes over with his car, picks up Maggie's mom, Erica, and they immediately head out to Ma's house because she put two and two together. That's where they are. So Ma continues to kind of do her little, I guess, adjustments, torture to the people there because everyone's still asleep. So she paints Darrell white and says to him, they've only got room for one of us, sorry. Which is basically a commentary on like, there can only be one cool black kid. Yeah. Just like in this friend group, just like in movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andy starts to wake up and he's still kind of sleepy and groggy. And he's like, Ma, are you mad at us? And she's like, no. And she picks him up and she's like, you smell just like your dad. And this feels nice. Like we're the only people in the world. We're the cutest couple. And I love you. And he's under the influence but they end up kissing yeah like making out yeah i got the impression that he was doing this because he was like maybe she is like sort of in love with me in this and weird we way and maybe out. this is how we can get out yeah i would i would buy that or even just being under the influence either way yeah i feel like you know he is malleable in this moment so she stabs him with a kitchen knife so he is starting oh. to bleed out oh yeah well. like in the stomach yeah yes so Maggie is freaking out and Ma arranges them all on the couch so that they can take like a picture together. It's so weird and creepy, man. And creepy. As she's doing it, the doorbell rings and she goes upstairs and tells Maggie not to make a sound. And it's a police officer who's like, hey, there's a bunch of cars out on the road and there's cups and bottles in your your lawn. Is there something you need to tell me? And I think he's not telling her like, these kids have been reported missing. Yeah. And these are their cars. Because they have been gone all night. Like, this isn't the, ne- yeah. the next morning yeah, from that party. Yeah, this is the next morning. Yeah. Because I thought he was going to turn around, but, like, he seems very suspicious after her initial, like, oh, and he's like, no, that's not going to yeah. do it for me Yeah, either. because she says it must be a sorority prank. Right. And the only thing that kind of solves it for him is that genie rolls into frame yeah. in her wheelchair, and she's like, my daughter's sick. We got to get to a doctor's appointment. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And then as... 
as he does that, Maggie makes a noise downstairs and screams for help. He turns and then Ma shoots him. Yeah, she burns him, man. Just like immediately. Two in the chest. Yeah. And then turns to Jeannie and is like, I told you to stay in bed. You made me kill him. Oh, yeah. Like blames Jeannie for killing the cop. Like it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. So meanwhile, Stu and Erica are en route to Ma's house. We cut back down into the basement and Ma is like, you're a bad girl, Maggie. I told you not to make a sound, but you're going to be taking this picture. So she wants her to take like new yearbook photos of her with the popular kids. Yeah. And she's like posing people like, are you smiling? You should smile. Make sure to lean in. And it is oof creepy. It's very, very creepy. Yes. And then she tries to hang Maggie and successfully gets her like hoisted and ties the rope off. Yeah. I mean, she does hang her. It just doesn't kill her. Yeah. Right. Uh, But then Jeannie calls from upstairs and says, Ma, he's still moving. And as Ma runs up the stairs, Jeannie gets her with a cast iron frying pan. And you hear the hang kind of sound effect. That would hurt so fucking bad. Yeah, it would. It reminded me of Insidious 2, though, on some level. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She tumbles down the stairs, knocking down candles as she goes, which starts to fire in the basement. Yeah. Uh, that wakes up Haley and Darrell, but they're all still leashed to the couches because everyone has like dog collars and leashes on. They've got specifically choke collars that will like dig yeah. into their neck if they try and move too far. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Jeannie comes downstairs. She helps Maggie down. She unclips Haley and Darrell and Chaz and they have no way out of the basement and Ma is still alive. And Ma tries to grab Jeannie, but just as she does, Stu lets them out of the basement and he and Erica come in and Sue Ann says to Erica, your daughter's just like her mother, too cowardly to stop bad things happening to her friends. Yeah. Essentially. And this is kind of her punishment for Erica. And Erica does what Ben didn't do and apologizes. Yeah. And basically says like, it should never have happened and I should have stopped it and I'm sorry. And she says, but you didn't. And she's like, but I'm sorry. And it doesn't matter because Sue Ann is clearly going to kill Jeannie, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so Maggie grabs the knife and stabs Sue Ann in the back so that Jeannie can run. Because Ma is like, your mom's too weak. She's not going to do shit or whatever. And then when she walks over and stabs her in the back and she's like, yeah, well, I'm not my fucking mom. I mean, she doesn't say it like that, but I loved that moment. I'm not weak. I'm not my mother. Yeah. And I was like, good for you. Stab her in the back and then bounce out. And they do. They like run up out of there. They run with Jeannie. Yes. The basement kind of explodes, lighting the rest of the house on fire. They managed to get everyone but Ashley, who is still dead in that basement, onto the lawn. And as the house catches fire, Ma walks upstairs and lays down next to Ben's dead body in her bedroom. Like cuddling. Yeah. As the house burns down around her and the fire department arrives. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Ma? I actually liked it better on a second viewing. Oh, really? Which okay, is cool. rare for horror movies. But like, I remember watching it the first time being like, whoa. And then when I had, when I rewatched it this time, I was like, man, there is layers and detail to this movie that like, you need to watch it more than once, I think. But I really liked very it. Very cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good as like a suspenseful psychological thriller horror. Uh, great villain, great motivations, great creepiness, uh, just well-written, thought-out kind of story. I, I really liked it. I yeah. think it's a good movie. I didn't like it because it scared me. And th- I will say that jump scares get me more than suspenseful scares. 
But this is not a one for me. This is like, this is a very suspenseful movie. I do find Octavia Spencer, who is normally like just overly delightful in movies. I find her very creepy and very scary and very tense. So like, yeah, I think she does a great job and she really sells this movie for me. I would like to party with her, like not as Ma, but just like if Octavia Spencer had a party at her house, I'm there. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. So Octavia, if you're listening... Just send us the invite. We're there. But like, I would not want to watch this movie again. Mm -hmm. It's good, though. I understand why people like it. Yeah, I would say if you if you ever get the urge, it is worth a second watch because it it is really good on a second watch. Oh, no, I'm sure. And I do think that like jump scare heavy movies are not typically like their rewatchability is low because they focus on jump scares. Movies like this that focus on like just creeping terror and dread are more rewatchable because that stuff is like Mm -hmm. always there in the watch you know right anyway but Paige do you have some fun facts for us I do well hit us with your fun facts Sue Sue Ann fun Fun facts facts. so the role of Sue Ann was originally written for a white actress but it was modified to better suit an African American woman because they actually showed the script to Octavia Spencer and she wanted to do it so they basically rewrote it for her Uh, the writer director Tate Taylor had also worked with her on the help so that's why they basically are like oh yeah let's rewrite this for you and make it fucking terrifying the sequence where Sue Ann comes home and notices that the porcelain cat statues have been moved is an homage to a similar sequence in Misery which you guys have done Misery right? We have done Misery yeah yeah so The writing credits and promotional material when this initially came out read story by Scotty Landis, screenplay by Landis and Tate Taylor. Landis receives a soul written by credit because of an arbitration conducted by the Writers Guild of America. Oh, wow. That means there was debate over who the story belonged to. This is also tied to them rewriting it for Octavia Spencer because the original script was largely written by Scotty Landis. But then when they changed it so drastically for Octavia Spencer... Tate Taylor would get writing credit on it because he did those rewrites. And so the arbitration splits it into story by and screenplay by. So that's why if you see that information anyway. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So they did some establishing shots in Ohio, but they didn't really film any principal photography in Ohio. However, there are a lot of set pieces and props that indicate that the film takes place specifically in Northeast Ohio. All of the vehicles have Ohio license plates and the prefix of the Hawkins security number is 216. So that's the area code for the greater Cleveland area. Okay. Third, a nuclear power plant is visible in the opening credits. That's the establishing shots they did around Cleveland. And it's thought to be the Perry nuclear plant, which is 40 miles northeast of Cleveland. Uh, There's also several casinos in the area. So that's one of those places where all of those things could exist. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. All right. And finally, in one scene, uh, Juliette Lewis's character, Erica, mentions that she's having a John Hughes movie marathon. She was actually in a movie written by John Hughes, Christmas Vacation, where she played Audrey. Yeah. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts. Uh, Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Ma back in 2019 when it came out? I'm going to say 10. Okay. I'm going to say 15 because Octavia is pretty big. Yeah. So this movie was $5 million to make. Oh, wow. Which I think is low. I wonder if Octavia Spencer. It looks amazing for $5 million. Maybe she did it. For scale, that's what I was thinking. She wanted to do I it. wonder if she did it for scale and got points on the back end because she saw that it could make a lot of money and was like, "I'll take a payday later for more than 
less upfront, yeah. you know? Yeah. I know a lot of actors do that, especially when they're sort For of passion projects that they really yeah. like. And yeah. when they're on Octa- Octavia Spencer's level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so this movie came out on May 31st, 2019. It was number four the weekend it came out. It was beat by the number one movie that weekend, Godzilla. King of the Monsters. Number two was the live Aladdin remake. Number three was Rocket Man. Number four, of course, was Ma, as I said. And then John Wick Chapter Three was number five, technically called Parabellum. Um, but Ma was for that weekend, as I said. What do you think it made in its opening weekend? I know that I probably saw Rocket Man yeah. this weekend or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, it probably makes its initial budget back in that first weekend, like $5 because it's October, right? It's May, May 31st. May. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. I misheard you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say $4 million. Okay. I'm going to say 10. Okay. All right. It actually made 18, almost 18.1 million. It's 18.099 million dollars in its opening weekend. Yeah, it did very, very well, I think, in its opening weekend. Even though it was number four at the box office, it still pulled and was, you know, more than twice its budget, almost four times its budget, right? What is... Four yeah, times, yeah, yeah, almost four almost times. Almost four times yeah. budget, right? Quick maths. It was in the theater for another <laughs> seven weeks. Uh, but what do you think it made domestically at the box office? I'm going to say 30. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 80. Okay. It actually made $45.8 million domestically and internationally. It made $15.3 million for a total of $61.2 million on a $5 million budget, which is a huge return on investment. It actually also made another $3.2 million in the whole market performance and got six bucks from me last night when I rented it. So it made a lot of money. Especially for a $5 million budget. That's one of the reasons I hope Octavia Spencer got like points on the back end because she made a lot of money off this. I I hope so as well. Which all I'm saying is that she could afford to fly us out first class for a house party at her house. That's all I'm saying. I just think she could afford it. (laughs) I'll drink with you. I will absolutely drink with Octavia Spencer if she wants. And I'll drive you guys around drunk. That's fine. There you go. While you're drunk, I don't drink. So, yeah. But that is your box office. Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, scary scale listeners, scale of one to 10 of how scary we found the film today. It's not a scale of quality, of just scariness. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Paige. I actually am going to give this a two. Okay. I'm going to give it a four because this was pretty scary. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Yeah. That's your scary scale, right, Todd? Yes, Mikey, that is the scary scale. So this week, you guys made me watch Ma. What are you guys making me watch next week? We're not. The listeners are making you watch Demon Night next week. That is right. We did a listener request, and again, it was a Black Women of Horror Month here at the Horror Virgin. So you guys actually, out of the four that were in the finalist, it was Alien versus Predator, which I thought was an interesting choice, Demon Night, Gothica, and His House, and mm-hmm. Demon Knight and Gothica were pretty close, but Demon Knight squeaked it out at the end. I love Demon and Knight. And I do want to mention Demon Knight and his house have both been listener request top fours multiple times before. Yeah. So next time we do a, you know, listener request redemption, I expect to see them again, I guess. Or yeah. we'll pick them before. But Yeah, if we haven't done them already at that point. Well, yeah. of course, and we're doing Demon Knights. So, yeah, I mean, we're doing Demon Knights, really his, his house. house. Yeah. I'm just saying I see you, his house. I see you. <laughs> and if you're having trouble finding Demon Knight, it's actually Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. So yes. that should help you. And it's also in the 90s. I think it was 95. I love the Tales from the Crypt movies. Both. Of oh, them. yeah. Nice. And Demon Knight specifically 
has one of the first black final girls. Oh. So it's like historical. Well, awesome. Your homework for next week is to watch Tales from the Crypt Demon Night and then tune into the episode next Monday morning or Sunday if you're a Patreon listener. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read OGX Mudbone. All right. Well, what does OGX Mudbone have to say? The title is Nutty Putty Cave. Oh. That's a very interesting review title, but all right, let's see where this goes. Just listen to the Descent episode. Ah, that's a good episode. Yeah. Been listening to the podcast for a bit now. I like the different opinions on some movies. They are never just you guys saying the movie's bad. Uh, Love the show. But after watching videos of the Nutty Putty Cave incident, it makes the Descent a lot lot more creepy and more of a claustrophobic feeling. Keep up the good work. Very specific to our Descent episode. But, I, you know, thanks for the review. Yeah, thank you so much for that review, OG Mudbone. I think I need to find out more about the Nutty Putty Cave. I don't remember that. Did we talk about that in the Descent episode? I don't remember what we talked about in the last or this episode. (laughs) So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? Mm. He parties while Octavia Spencer. Oh, that sounds oh, honestly awesome. Him. Nick B, very jealous. This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy? She keeps sneaking off and drinking at this other adult's house. Ooh, very questionable. And that adult is munchausing by proxying. Her dog that has three legs, but actually has four legs. I don't. I don't realize Tia's teenager knew Paige's friend. That's very interesting. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a personal attack. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by the number Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix Marvel TV show, and they've actually moved on to the Agent Carter series. So check out Kissing Jessica Jones on any of your favorite podcast apps. 
And this episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch a scary spider video. So are you guys ready for another scary spider video brought to you by Jonathan? I'm ready. Let me share the screen real quick. This is called Giant Wild Tarantula Crawls on Face. And right oh, now, no. I'm seeing it crawl on the guy's junk. This is exactly who I would picture lets a spider crawl on their face. <laughs> this looks like yeah. a scene from a Rob Zombie movie. That's a big in. Yeah, that's a very big wild tarantula. I do love that it looks like um, a failed country western singer and his shirtless friend with a camera doing this video. They're poisonous, dude. Tarantulas are poisonous? Yeah, they got big old fucking fangs. I mean, I know they got big old fucking fangs, but like... Not all species are. Uh, some of them are poisonous. A lot of them have like poisonous uh, hairs that they throw off. God, I... I uh, uh. They're not very aggressive, but like you shouldn't fuck with them. No. Well, I'm not going to go live with Aragog, so I'm out. But Jonathan, thank you so much for that awesome uh, creepy spider video that we all hated, but we all love the way you love us. So thank you, Jonathan. We now return you to another episode of... Uh, the, the Patreonicals. Welcome to a special episode of Patreonicals. Oh, all right. Called The Death of Chicago. Uh, <laughs> opening, you have Dreskel and Most Evil Matthew thinking up their next evil plan. And they're like, those damn hero patrons keep spoiling our plans. Do, wait, hang on one second. Do they refer to them as patrons? Patriarnals. <laughs> Paternals. Paternals? Okay, that's fair. They're all in Chicago. We should just destroy Chicago. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Launch the giant space sub thing. Launch the giant space <laughs> sub thing. I like that they took the time to build a space sub, but not the time to name it. The SS Todd sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, noted. Anyway, so they're above Chicago, and they're like, launch the natural disaster missiles, but also go get my ex-girlfriend. We can't kill her, too. Can't let her escape. That's most evil Matthew talking. Right, because he's most evil. He wants to kidnap his ex-girlfriend. Yes. So Sneaky Snake, Nathan, and Joey, the henchmen, they go down there and they find Danielle, Aaron, and Kaylee drinking together and getting over, you know, uh, most evil Matthew's evil treatment of her. She's like, thank gosh, I finally escaped. And then Sneaky Snake wraps around her. <gasps> oh, no. And constricts. And he's like, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, boy. Like, <laughs> the wrestlers come and they punch Danielle and Aaron. But Aaron almost takes one of them out and breaks the pinky finger of Nathan. <gasps> oh, no. That's his wrestling finger. Right. But they tie them to the chairs at this rooftop bar. It's a rooftop bar. This but is they're folding Ooh. chairs because they're wrestlers. Yes. But they still can't move. Anyway. And they were like, I'm glad Chicago's going. You can't even get fresh seafood here. And they, <laughs> they leave with Kaylee. Oh, man. And then all the missiles hit around the natural disaster missiles, and then a giant avalanche is headed towards Chicago. Oh, no. And Isaac, he had already left. Hang on one second. I have a logistical question. Are these missiles that shoot or fire national disasters at places? Yes. Does it, we do get to pick which kind? Yeah, you have like an avalanche missile, you have like a locust missile, you have like an earthquake missile. They're called Moses missiles. <laughs> <laughs> great great all right there's a missile that just kills the firstborn son those are regular missiles right i don't know if that joke works or not but <laughs> we should pass over it oh. nailed it okay isaac had already left the city because he his storyline kind of got old there so he was getting bored so he, <laughs> he had left the city in a car two days before okay um eddie 
was hanging out with Amy and Jennifer with a PH. And they were like, here comes an avalanche. What are we going to do? And Eddie's like, hop on these manatees, bitch. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and so like, hop on these manatees, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the manatees <laughs> slowly get them out of Chicago via the riverway. They've been working out. So oh. manatees are super fast. They got them out of there. These are super manatees. I just want to see like a picture of a manatee, like a buff ass manatee, like in the water. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. They're like Blaine manatees. Yeah, so they ride manatees out of there. Kate and uh, Shining Donut and <laughs> S- Scott and Wes, and Scott's ghost on his shoulder, are all there. They were at a different location in Chicago uh, admiring the mediocre architecture. <laughs> uh, They're like, yeah, I guess it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then they see the avalanche coming. And uh, Shining Donut's like, quick, I'll lay down. I'm like an inner two, basically, because I'm a giant <laughs> He's donut He's a giant donut. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they they all get on him and they ride him out of the with the avalanche out of the town. I'm literally picturing like a, a like a donut with like arms and legs and a head at top or like eyes at the top of the donut and people like surfing him on a like <laughs> avalanche wave down a mountain. Okay. I also picture him with like little hands, like like yeah. a drawing with like little yeah, stick yeah. hands, but like big like stick arms but big like like Mickey Mouse hands oh, or yeah. whatever. But like yeah, yeah. very mm-hmm, thin mm-hmm. like legs yes. and arms, but yes. very big Absolutely. feet and hands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, okay. Right. We're right. on the same yeah, page yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which <laughs> is something you, I guess you would say if you had a threesome page. I mean, I'm hoping that if I'm having a threesome, I'm not saying anything. I'm too busy doing other shit. But the other people are like, we're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Jake and Henry Cavill are in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kate is trying to calm down Karun, who is now like angrily Wolverine clawsing, and she just like flies off with him. Uh, Dave was actually eating uh, Chicago's famous Italian beef sandwich. Oh, and Italian beef sandwich. Sadly, was covered in snow and killed. So he got avalanched to death? Yes. Uh, mm. <laughs> the Mun people were also under the snow, so we don't know <gasps> if they live. Oh, no. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, man. Well, will Dave and the Mun people be able, to, be able to dig themselves out of the snow? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Having an inappropriate relationship with high schooler nerds. Nerds. Ooh.